You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ah, got him. That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime and coordinates for the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to a long-anticipated new episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, The Mandalorian, Jedi Fallen Order, all the other cool and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. But today, it is our much-anticipated trailer breakdown special for the final trailer of the final movie in the Skywalker Saga. Um, We've got the new trailer for The Rise of Skywalker that just dropped last night, um, and we are ready to, uh, you know how we do, go through it shot by shot, talk about this thing for three hours or however long it's going to be. So strap yourselves in. This is going to be a fun one. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Tim and Paul. How's it going, guys? I am ready, (laughs) ready to dive into this trailer. I am just ready to see this movie, man, (laughs) especially after watching this latest trailer and i am hyped up uh i i'm kind of ready it's okay oh please yeah i (laughs) these guys know i've been i've been super excited to talk about this and i've been really you know star wars has been paul Paul tries to pretend he's not excited but he sent me and tim a picture of like all his little knights of ren minifigures that he was just setting up before the recording which look I awesome, mean, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they do look great. It, 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 they do look great. No, I, I needed. I for last summer, it was Star Wars is kind of just not dead to me, but just kind of just not. Wasn't really. They weren't promoting anything really. There wasn't really anything coming out that was getting me excited. And there was, you know, a couple books have come out here there that weren't bad, but we. I, I needed something like this, and and seeing after celebration, I'm coming off of such a high from that. You know, it just kind of was went a little bit low, a little bit, and then now it's starting to pick up. And Force Friday was the first thing, and then the trailer, and now I'm like all about just give you as much Star Wars as I can. I'm gonna eat it all up right this second. So yeah, this is a uh, this is super exciting. And there's a lot there's a lot to talk about this trailer. I got a lot of feelings I need to get out, but I'm not sure I'll, I'm not, if I'm if I'm gonna be able to do it here or somewhere else. We'll see if we have time, but I've got a lot of feelings, but Oh, this is the place for all the feelings. I mean, before we even really dive into it, like this trailer, this is going to be a different vibe. I think than the four hour trailer breakdown that Tim and I did for the last Jedi trailer, because that movie going into it, I just had all kinds of theories and speculations and questions Mm -hmm. that I wanted answered and things in the trailer that, uh, you know, made me think, oh, what's that and what's going to happen and what's going on with this character and that character. And just, you know, we were speculating like Mad Men. Um, this trailer had a different feel to it. This this was 
uh, it didn't really have a whole lot for me, a whole lot of those big, like shocking moments or moments that really kind of get your brain going. But it was it like I've rewatched it so many times and I just have a giant smile on my face every time. Like it just the trailer feels like a love letter to Star Wars. Um, and it's just packed with sort of just the nostalgia and just sort of that Star Wars magic. Um, but I mean, we'll get into that as we go through it. Uh, shot by shot and talk about everything that's in there. Before we get to that, though, um, just real quick, this is our first regular episode that we've done since Force Friday, um, so we wanted to talk about that just real briefly and share, uh, you know, how our, our Force Friday hunting went, um, which I think, Paul, you're mostly the one that wants to talk about this. I know Tim and I didn't get a whole lot. I got my Mandalorian Black Series action figure, uh, which yeah. I found after just going to two stores. I went to Target and they had every figure left except that one, I think. Um, and I went just five minutes down the road to Walmart and they still had a couple of them. So I grabbed that. Um, and then currently I'm wearing a uh, Mandalorian t-shirt that I got from Kohl's, but I bought it online. Um, I've gone around to a couple different stores. I went to Kohl's. I went to, you know, again, checked at Target and Walmart and didn't really see any uh, T-shirts that I wanted. And I saw pictures of stuff that they had at the Disney store. And there was actually there was one shirt at the Disney store that had a really cool Mandalorian design that I really wanted. But it was only in a women's size um, like it was you could wear that. Eh, I mean, look, it's hard enough to find men's you probably could. It's hard enough to find men's clothing in my size. Like, you know, the Empire doesn't have Wookiees in mind when they design them. Um Wow. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, if I wanted to wear a, a Mandalorian crop top, I guess I could, but now, um, people need to realize they don't know who you are, Kyle. They gotta realize what you're like six ten. No, I'm I'm six eight. Yeah, and and oh, normally excuse, I would preface excuse, that, but no, I just mentioned me. that on our last episode when we did our last our our Return of the Jedi commentary too. But yeah, I guess if there's anybody listening for the first for the first time on this episode, yeah, I am uh, I'm really tall, so it's hard to find stuff in my size. Tall. Um, so yes, I I got myself an XL Men's Mandalorian T-shirt that I bought online that I'm wearing right now, and I'm happy with that. But you know, I I didn't really find that out in the stores or anything. But that was pretty much all the hunting that I did. Um, but, uh, what about you guys? What'd you find? Yeah, I guess I'll go first. This mine's really small <laughs> action figure wise. Well, I really couldn't go shopping on Friday. I was working most of that day. I went to a target during my lunch break. They had a few of the new black series figures, but no Mandalorian was I really wanted. And then I had to go home that day. Cause I was the first game of the ALDS with the Yankees and twins. So I couldn't miss that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Good but in the end, it didn't amount that. so much since they got knocked out. So, <laughs> but that's neither here or there now. But so Saturday was my main Force Friday uh, shopping, and again, it was kind of the same deal. I kind of knew going into that day, probably not going to find the Black Series figures I want, especially the Mandalorian, since it's the day after. So, um, but I did get two pops. Uh, one of the items I wanted for sure was a Zori Bliss pop, and I did get that at Barnes and Noble, which was cool. And then I got a Kylo Ren uh, pop there too. But I was really hoping to find some shirts. That's always my main target on Force Fridays, the new shirts that come out. And sadly, it just keeps getting smaller and smaller every year, it seems. I only found two that weekend at JCPenney's. One was really but cool, they, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's out. Well, me and Paul could be twins when we wear it because we got the same thing. Yes. Yes. It's like that. Uh, it's a white T-shirt where you got the Knights of Ren and you got Storm, Sith Troopers, the Stormtrooper, Ray in the center. They're like all in their... It's almost like uh, the what was that game show? Those the Celebrity Squares or something. <laughs> oh, Hollywood but, Squares. 
Hollywood Squares, yeah. <laughs> it's almost shaped like that. But it's a cool looking shirt. But a week later is when some of the better ones started coming out because Coles had nothing the first weekend. Uh, Target had nothing. But the weekend after, Coles had a really cool one where it's just Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, the logo you see at the end of the trailers. But then on the back, it has the release dates for all of the Skywalker saga films. Like it has a title, then their original release date, which I think mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah. And then I got cool. one that has that remember that leak poster that came out like a early early March, a little bit before celebration, where some fans thought it was fan made. But nope. <laughs> it's now an official t shirt. So I got that, which is pretty cool. And that's pretty much it. But thanks to you, Kyle, for giving me the heads up on Cole's online store that had a bunch of shirts that they didn't have at the store you pointed me in the right direction to some cool jedi fallen order shirts of the purge troopers and that looks awesome <laughs> i got that one just a black shirt of the purge trooper just standing there you got the imperial logo behind him it just looks really cool then i got another one that has uh the purge trooper the second sister the scout trooper and a stormtrooper all cool their helmets just on the front of a white t-shirt it looks pretty cool too so that was my swag over the course of about three weeks of the triple force Friday merchandise going on sale. So uh, in the end, I'm just glad I got quite a few t-shirts that look really cool. Yeah. I, when I saw those Jedi fallen order ones, I was like, Oh, purge trooper t-shirt. Tim needs this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know what they have, they have got a couple cool designs that have uh, like Cal on there too, that I'm thinking I may want to get. Cause I just love anything that's got like that gold Jedi order emblem on it and stuff like that. But um I'm really just waiting until I play the game for myself to see how much I like it before I invest in any Jedi Fallen Order merch. Um, I'm excited for it, but I'm not excited enough to go start buying the t-shirts and the action figures and all that stuff and then play the game and be like, eh, this wasn't that great. And then I spent a bunch of money on t-shirts that I'm not going to wear because I don't like the game. I think I'm going to like it. I'm just waiting to see first. The best thing about the Purge Troopers, though, is that even if the game's not great and they're not ha- handled well there, I could always just say, oh, it's from the Darth Vader comic. That's true. Or the clone troopers. So. That's true. <laughs> uh, can't well, go wrong wow. with that. Wow. I, uh, I, I had a really good Force Friday. I was really excited. Um, I went into Target. Well, I ordered everything online the day before, which I ended up canceling because I'll be honest, I'm going to kind of trash on Dorkside Toys for a minute. Dorkside Toys, uh, I, they you know sent me an email saying, hey, order everything right now online. I'm like, oh, sweet. I'll do that right now. And I did that thinking, oh, I'm good. The next day I came into Target. Uh, it was literally me and another gentleman. When we first walked in, we had we, it was just us for like the first half hour just looking through everything by ourselves. And I, I was going to buy a backup Mandalorian just in case my Dorkside order went awry, which I was very glad I did now. But I was going to buy the regular one. And he goes, why don't you buy the carbonized one? I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it's just a box. Who cares? And he said, no, man, it's a different paint job. I went, what? It's a different paint job? And I compared the two. And I went, holy crap, you're right. It's like way better. So uh, I bought the carbonized one. And I bought a couple other things there. Uh, I bought all the, the three and three or a bunch of the three and three quarter. That's the Sith Jet, uh, jet Trooper, the uh, Zori Bliss character, and also the Knight of Ren on the vintage card backs. I, I, that They look great. I had to get those. I went to Disney Store. And I picked up the figurine sets. And I know those are, aren't always really popular, but I love those. There's all so much fun. And they, I thought there was only one set. There was two sets there from, from the movie. There is a, there is a, a resistance and a uh, first order one. And the first order one has all the Knights of Ren with Kylo Ren. And that is worth the 20 bucks alone right there, man, that they look great. And it was really cool to get all the Knights of Ren together 
And I can't recommend that set enough. So go check that out. I got I went to Kohl's actually too. I got not a Rise of Skywalker shirt, but I did end up getting uh, a cool Star Wars shirt that I'm very happy with. So, but yeah, I ended up buying all the rest of the figures I got from Dorkside uh, from Amazon, and and like within two days, while well, Dorkside took weeks. Still, anyway, I canceled them, so it's whatever. So I, I have to say I was very disappointed. And when I asked them if you know that you know ETA maybe of when they might be shipping, they they couldn't tell me. So I'm like, okay, well that. I'm going to cancel them. So anyway, yeah, I got lots of cool stuff. Uh, I got a sticker book. I got, I mean, I, I went crazy. I went, I eventually went to JC Penny and got some Rise of Skywalker shirts, but I have not yet to really open much besides the figurine sets, which I just opened yesterday. And those are a lot of fun. So yeah, it was, it was great. The figures look great. I know I'm, I'm with you, Kyle. You just, you don't know what you're going to get. And that's why it's kind of, do I want to get this? Do I want to invest in these, in these things? And you know what, for me, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take a chance. I, I, I got a call, a cow figure. I broke down. I was like, you know what? I want this. So I'm going to get it. So I got it. So well, actually, uh, and I got to seem like. Oh, I was going to say, I, I got to give a quick shout out to uh, the EA Star Wars Twitter account. They were doing a, a giveaway on Force Friday of Cal Kestis Black Series figures. Oh, and I right. actually yeah, I actually yeah. won one from there, but I haven't gotten it yet. So. Um, ah. I don't, I'm still waiting for that to show up, but yeah, it was cool. Cause I had seen those in stores and I was, again, I was thinking I may get this eventually, but I'm going to hold off to see how much I like the game and how much I like the character before I spend my hard earned $20 on it. But then they were like, Hey, congrats. You won for free. And I'm like, well, of course I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was so going to say I, the good I, thing I... about Cal is that if you want to hold off on getting him, that shouldn't be a problem finding him on the store shelves. Cause he's the only new figure I saw everywhere I went. He's like really? going to be this year's peg warmer. It seems like. Hey, much yeah, rather have you know, a Jedi as a peg warmer than Constable Zuvio. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I. But anyway, I had a great Force Friday. It was a lot of fun. I had a blast. So, yeah, I like I said, I think it's uh it's been good. So, uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Well. Uh, just a couple quick things that we wanted to mention before we dive into the trailer talk. Um, just a couple of news items that dropped recently regarding a couple of the Disney Plus shows. First of all, we have the full release schedule of episodes for The Mandalorian. Um, and, you know, this is interesting because we had speculated about this in the past, thinking that, like, you know, it starts in November, but maybe they'll take a break around the holidays and the rise of Skywalker and all that kind of stuff. And maybe, you know, do like the first half of the season in November and then the second half in January or something like that. But they are just going ahead and plowing all the way through this thing. So the first episode obviously airs or releases or whatever you want to call it on uh, Tuesday, November 12th, when Disney Plus launches. Uh, the second episode airs uh, later that week on Friday, November 15th. And then the rest of the episodes release every Friday for the rest of the year. So it's November 22nd, November 29th, December 6th, uh, December 13th, December 18th. Um, oh, actually, no, you know what? There's That's a smaller gap there. So instead of... So yeah, it's December 13th, then December 18th, which is two days before The Rise of Skywalker comes out. So I guess they're releasing that one on a Wednesday, which makes sense because they probably want to release it earlier so that... Because if they were releasing it on Friday that week, that would be the 20th. Um, so they don't want to have that competing with Rise of Skywalker, I guess. So they're releasing it earlier that week. And then the last one comes out December 27th. So we're going to have all eight episodes of The Mandalorian out before the end of this year. Um, so that's pretty dang cool. I mean, again, I yeah, probably, yeah. I honestly wouldn't have minded waiting a little bit just because we're going to be 
so busy watching and digesting uh, everything with the rise of Skywalker. But at the same time, you know, I I certainly will not complain about uh, just getting a steady stream of Mandalorian content as well. Yeah, I loved it when I saw that the, they released the schedule for the episodes coming out. And uh, like you said, we were all wondering or maybe even expecting about maybe there being a break by the time we get to the Rise of Skywalker. But the fact that there isn't, I think, is awesome <laughs> because I didn't realize so you just said it, too, how um, the episode was going to air on a Wednesday. So I was going to get to that week where the day before we see the rise of Skywalker, we get a new episode of the Mandalorian. I mean, how awesome is that? <laughs> and I imagine it's going to be uh, usually penultimate episodes before season finale are usually great ones. So hopefully mm-hmm. it's a great episode that leads into a great movie. So <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Two days of star Wars. The only thing is I usually like to watch whatever the last star Wars movie was the night before of the, the next one that comes out. So it's going to be more, time watching you the mandalorian and probably the last jedi or maybe even might do a double feature or a triple feature that day <laughs> mandalorian force awakens and the last jedi before the thursday showing of the rise of skywalker but regardless it's just awesome that again there's so much cool star wars content coming these next two months and i just can't wait to see it all and i'm glad that the mandalorian it's kind of its official release day is friday because I know it's launching on Disney Plus on the 12th, which is a Tuesday. But I was hoping that that wasn't going to be the day that each new episode would come out in the coming weeks. Because, I don't know, having a show just come on a random Tuesday, some that's going to be as special as The Mandalorian. I think works best when you save it for, like, on the weekend, either Friday or Saturday or Sunday, like other big shows. So I'm glad Friday is its day. So just a little under a month now and it's we're going to be able to see the first episode and I cannot wait. So this is definitely some cool news to get. I, the Friday thing is a little weird to me, to be honest. I, really? I actually don't like, yeah, I don't mm. like that actually. And not, not like, Oh, stupid. Ugh. But I mean, it's just, it's not exactly my favorite day to put like a show that I'm really anticipating on. That's just my opinion. I'd much prefer it be either on a Sunday or a or a, or a Tuesday or a Wednesday, something in the middle of the week so we can all kind of like this. I don't know. The weekend, I feel like it's kind of it's kind of date night with the wife, you know, and, and my wife is not, you know, she she'll watch this with me. That's like the one of the she actually thinks this, this, it looks interesting, you know, but it's also like I have to go out with my wife and go to movies and like go out to eat and things like that. So Friday, it's just going to be like. I mean, granted, it's only for, you know, a few weeks, but but still, it's a little, I wish it was a different day. But yeah, this is, I'm a little surprised that they're not going to, there's not going to be a gap between the Rise of Skywalker and the, the end of the year, to be honest. So I'm a little taken back by that. I think that's interesting. But yeah, I I don't know what the, how to feel about that, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, I'm a fan of it. Like, uh, I, I'm kind of more with Tim. Like, I think it's something cool to look forward to at the end of the week. Um, because yeah. then, yeah, it's like you make it through the work week, you can chill, relax, enjoy a new Star Wars episode, then spend all night tweeting about it or talking to people about it, watch it again first thing the next morning if yeah. it's a really good <laughs> one. Um, you know, it's not like, okay, Tuesday night I come home from work, it's been a long day, busy day, you know, I get to watch Star Wars while I'm eating dinner and then go to bed and back to work the next morning. Um, exactly. <laughs> at the same time, I mean, sometimes that's kind of a nice break in the middle of the week if you got stressful stuff going on or whatever. But um, I mean, I don't really care. I'm going to obviously watch it and enjoy it whenever they put it out. But uh, yeah, Friday night, 
that's fine with me. And also, I like it because we get two episodes the first week that it's released. So, um, yeah, I think that'll be pretty cool. And then also, uh, they also announced uh, which directors are directing each episode. So we already knew that the directors for the series were Dave Filoni, uh, Rick Famuyiwa, Deborah Chow, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Taika Waititi. Um, but they've now uh, revealed who's directing exactly which episode. So Dave Filoni is directing episode one and five. Rick is directing episode two and six. Deborah Chow is doing episode three and episode seven. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is doing episode four, and Taika Waititi is doing the season finale. So, um, I mean, not a whole lot to go on there, but it's kind of cool to know uh, just that breakdown. Um, obviously I'm really excited to see, uh, Dave Filoni stuff and also having Taika do the season finale is pretty cool. Um, which is also, it's kind of curious to me because the fact that he's the one with like probably the most prolific, like directing experience and he's only directing one episode. I wonder if they actually brought him in first and foremost to play the character of IG 11. And then we're like, Hey, while you're on board, like you want to direct an episode too? Um, as opposed to bringing him in just for his directing skills. So I was kind of curious about that. But um, other than that, you know, again, that's just cool to kind of have that uh, that schedule laid out for us. Yeah, they just had a press event for the series this past weekend where they didn't show a full episode, but I think they showed like 30 minutes of sequences of scene mixed from several episodes, and everyone's just raving about it to say mm-hmm. how great mm. it looks and how it's, you know, it's not TV. It's a movie that you're <laughs> premiering on your TV to that effect. Where kind of the stuff we were talking about just from seeing that trailer, just how it has that epic movie quality feel. And it seems that that's going to be the case for every episode from those who got to see uh, that footage that was shown. So just again, adding to the hype of wanting to see the Mandalorian as soon as possible. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, I, I was kind of taking that with a little bit of a grain of salt only because they, you know, some people pointed out, well, the fact that it's uh, episode or like scenes spliced together from the first three episodes, it's, you know, obviously they're choosing like the best material to show off. And so like, of course, people are going to love it or get excited about it or whatever. But then other people were saying, well, that's maybe just because they don't want like spoilers out there yet. And some people said that yeah. they they specifically cut around uh, specific plot elements and stuff like that. And it was very like light on spoilers and story and more just kind of to give you a feel of like the the visuals and the action and all that kind of stuff but um regardless i mean that was cool just to to hear people's um reactions from getting to see uh more or less you know completed footage or bigger chunks of completed episodes um but at this point i mean i'm already i'm already signed up for the uh you know i I got the disney plus pre-order thing um i'm like people could write bad reviews and say it sucks. I'm still watching it day one regardless. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Word up. Um, And then last thing, uh, this is actually about the Cassian series. And I think this is great news for that series. Um, And there's a report that uh, Tony Gilroy, who was one of the writers on Rogue One, and he's basically the guy that famously came on board at the 11th hour to take control of the reshoots and is, basically kind of credited with saving that movie, uh, depending on who you listen to. Um, he's joined the Cassian Andor series and is set to, I think, write the pilot for the show and then also direct several episodes of it. Um, and I think that is 
Excellent. I'm kind of surprised because I remember hearing an interview with him where he basically kind of spilled the beans and like revealed how much stuff was going on behind the scenes on Rogue One and how much he was really responsible for. Um, and I think he said that he didn't really he wasn't really interested in coming back and working on any more Star Wars stuff in the future uh, because he's just not a fan of it. But I think that's why he uh, was able to kind of write the ship on Rogue One and do as good of a yeah. job as he did is because he had that sort of objective perspective where uh, he's not worried about what the fans think. He's not worried about uh, his own sort of preconceived notions of what it's supposed to be. He was just, you know, he took the the material and the characters that he was given to work with and just tried to make the best movie possible out of it based on his filmmaking knowledge and experience. Um yeah, and I, I again, I could be wrong, but I thought I remembered in that interview him saying that he really wasn't interested in coming back to Star Wars. But I mean, maybe he changed his mind. Maybe they just paid him a crap ton of money that he didn't want to turn down. But um, I'm really excited to see him coming back to it because even though he's not a big Star Wars fan, obviously the results speak for themselves with Rogue One. It's my favorite movie of uh, the Disney Star Wars films so far. Um, and just the fact that he's not only working on Star Wars again, but working with those same characters with Cassian and K2 and stuff that's going to, um, you know, link up with that movie. So I think this is a great choice and I think this bodes really well for that series. Yeah, I don't think this is a bad thing at all. And I think that, like you said, Kyle, it's probably a good thing that Tony Gilroy is not this giant fan like he said, because he's not going to worry about, oh, you have to respect this. I mean, he's going to do what he thinks he needs to do. And they're gonna, and obviously Lucasfilm, and I'm assuming the story group, will say, uh, I might be a little out of character for this or that to kind of obstruct him. But he's going to have no – he's not going to be beholden to, well, fans will want to see this. And I think that there is something to be said with that. Obviously, Rogue One, my favorite Disney movie of the – or the of the Disney Star Wars era – is, is phenomenal and I, he obviously is a, a big portion of that i still i still think gareth edwards directed all the action scenes and did a beautiful job of that let's not let's not you know diminish all of gareth's you know contributions but oh of course not i'm not saying anything bro, negative no, about gareth no, edwards no, 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 i'm not, just no, saying that no, 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 no. i'm saying it to other people like yeah. not you i'm not not you but there's other people don't say well tony gruel's won't say it no he he helped save it narratively yes but that you could put the you know gary Witta, i would say and, and their writers they tried to after him. They tried to save the film and and just could not. We're not nailing it. And I don't think you know Gareth was nailing you know, all the stuff that was on the page either necessarily. And that's why Tony came in and had to kind of help narratively all that stuff. But anyway, all that being said, you're right. I, obviously, he wasn't a big fan. He had no real interest of coming back because he probably thought one his characters were dead. So there's no real you know, unless they <laughs> yeah. unless they want him back for something else. He, you know, he'd have to really, again, they'd have to pay him a lot of money, one, and it had to be some interesting characters, probably, or a combination of both, but mainly the first one, which was pay him a crap load of money. And I think the fact, let's be real, Rogue One is very widely considered the best Star Wars movie of Disney, but by a lot of people. And it does not have, even there's a lot of people who love Last Jedi, a lot of people don't like Last Jedi. You can't say the same thing for The Force Awakens and Rogue One. And I would say Rogue One is just getting better and better over time and is just, again, I, I only see people praise it. And I know people, there's people out there who don't like it because not everyone's going to like everything. But 
it just seems like Rogue One has the best response. And I think everyone would say, I like the Rogue One movie. And I think I probably has something to do with it too. The fact that, like, oh yeah, all these Star Wars fans really liked my movie and thought I did a good job. And I came in and all, all stuff they loved about it, I did. And then they're like, hey, we're trying to make this Cassian Andor prequel series. We need help. Oh yeah? Yeah, here's a load of money. Oh, okay, cool, sweet. Let's do it. I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, it's, and it's TV, so it's not like it's a huge commitment for him either, right? He's not. I don't think he's a showrunner. He's just coming in to write the pilot and direct maybe the first episode. So it's well, no, like, they, I think he is going to be pretty heavily involved because this says he's attached to write the pilot and then direct multiple episodes. Um, okay, but yeah, he's so but he's I mean, not he's not the showrunner. The showrunner is uh, Stephen Schiff. Yeah. So I mean, so he probably he probably has a he may have just as much say as a, as a showrunner probably. If if they're bringing Tony in, they must have been kind of desperate to get the narrative right. As far as you know, to, and Stephen Schiff's probably you know directing everything, but he's probably like, guys, we need to get Tony in here. This is not working out. And as he's getting the scripts, and now Tony's coming in, they probably paid him a lot of money to do that. But again, it's it's. The, t- the world of TV is a lot quicker and a lot bigger, you know, faster turnaround. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But I don't know I, if I they, I don't know if they necessarily did it because it was in trouble or because they were, you know, needed. Like he was the only one that could figure it out. I think it's also very possible that they were just like, "Hey, who do we want on board to write and direct this? How about the guy that did a really good job doing that with Rogue One?" It's weird, but here's my the only thing I would say against that, to argue against that, is the fact that why did why wasn't this brought? Why wasn't he brought in sooner? I, and, and I mean, this show is still a way a ways off. So is it though? I mean, I feel it's going to start filming soon. I mean, because well, they're they they're going to release it what next year? No, probably twenty twenty one. There's no, there's yeah, no have, release date yet, but all the like every every rumor or report I've heard has said it's probably coming in twenty twenty one. All right, yeah. So I, I guess for me is I feel like they're they are trying to do it without them. And I feel like that that's what it comes off to me. And again, I don't care because I think it's only a great move. It's a great move regardless if it was a late, new, whatever. Like It's a great addition. I think we'd all agree to that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely, maybe it's just the optimist in me. I'm just hoping it's the case where he his experience with Rogue One, you know, even though he's not a big Star Wars fan, he just really took a liking to some of the characters, maybe Cassian being one of them, and wanted to be involved with, the TV series to tell more stories with this character and someone who was drawn to instead of, you know, some of the scenarios you're talking about them, maybe Lucasfilm and the showrunner going to him to, because they needed help. But maybe it was the other way around where there's kind of a mutual interest where they wanted to that. work with these characters again. But either way, yeah, just, I think it's a good thing that is he's involved with it. Just looking at his work with Cassian and the other characters in Rogue One, the fact that he's going to be able to tell more stories with him, it's just going to be great. So yeah, definitely good all the way around. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, that is uh, just some updates on uh, the the live action series coming to the streaming service. Um, again, I can't believe that with all this hype for the Rise of Skywalker and everything, that the Mandalorian is now like three weeks away. Um, yeah. So, gosh, and you know, we still haven't even really decided what we're gonna do in terms of like podcast coverage on that like if we're reviewing every i have episode ideas or um i i have some ideas too we need to we need to talk about that but uh right. you know we'll we'll get that figured we'll out regardless you yeah. guys will definitely hear us talk about the mandalorian whether it's every episode or you know a couple episodes at a time or whatever um you know i'm sure we'll we'll have lots of thoughts and discussion on that but right now Without further ado, it's time for our thoughts and discussion on the Rise of Skywalker trailer. 
Um, so, like I said, as always, we're uh, as we always do with the big uh, Star Wars movie trailers. We're just going to go through this shot by shot and break it down. Um, so let's just jump into it, shall we? It's time for the main event. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm just going to start playing it here. Lucasfilm logo. We don't really need to talk about that. Um, so it starts off. The first shot we see is uh, some sort of forest that Ray is in. She runs past the camera, drops a helmet. She's swinging her lightsaber, uh, blocking a shot from a training remote that's following her. Um, and th- I think this kind of ties into we had seen this in uh I think it was in the D23 promo um, where she was like in that forest and she was throwing her lightsaber. And when you paused it, you could see there was like a training remote there. So I'm guessing this is going to be from a sequence very early in the movie. I mean, maybe even I was going to say maybe the first thing we see. But, you know, with Star Wars movies, it like it almost always goes from a crawl right into some scene with a spaceship. But I'm guessing yeah. this is going to be one of the first things we see in the movie is just Rey uh, training as a Jedi which I think is going to be cool to see. I mean, obviously it's been a year since the last Jedi. Uh, Luke is gone. She's on her own now, but she took those, the texts from uh, the tree on Octo. Um, and to see, you know, just her have kind of these classic things like the training remote and the, um, the uh, helmet with the blast shield. I mean, we don't see her wearing it. She just drops it, but I'm assuming that she was using that to train with the remote. Um so it's just cool to see those kind of touches brought back into, uh, you know, the the whole Jedi training stuff. And I'm excited to see kind of what she's up to and how far she's progressed since the end of the last movie. See, you brought up the helmet and just this planet in general. I don't know. I'm starting. There's been debates as far as is this a new planet? Could it possibly be Endor? And to me, it's there's still some things about the environment that, even though it is a forest, has a different feel than Endor does. But... When that helmet fell on the ground, it made me think that it could be Endor because that looks like the Rebel Trooper helmets that they wore on Endor. It, the design of it, it's a little bit like the one Luke wore and Leia. Just again, all the Rebel troops there. And maybe it is something that's left over from the Battle of Endor that she comes across. Kind of similar to the scene of her in The Force Awakens where she puts on the Rebel pilot's helmet. We don't know if she'll put this on, but you know, just that curiosity of seeing another you know, relic of past battles here on this planet. So there's still a part of me that's thinking, could this be Endor? Because we all know the connections with the second Death Star and the environment is similar, but yet there's still stuff about it that seems different. (laughs) That's not on Endor. But I don't know, seeing that helmet fall to the ground made me think about that a little more, that it possibly could be Endor. But regardless, that planet looks amazing just the environment of the forest yeah. and just how green it looks it just looks really really cool mm-hmm. and it's i'm wondering the circumstances that are going on here because we know there's that scene from the previous d23 trailer where it looks like she's training against uh, a remote droid but now she's running away like there's something after her or she needs to get to something but the remote is still firing at her <laughs> like are those like probe droids or something that discover her she's trying to get away or she's running but they're still active and they're firing just because she has to dodge it. But I don't know. This made me think, or I found it curious that she was running away and yet those things were still firing at her and she's dodging it. Or maybe it is part of her training still that she's just on the move and trying to keep her balance and still her lightsaber skills up while moving to dodge and reflect blast. So, but it made me think about 
just what exactly is going on here. Is it part of her training or is there something else that disrupts her training and she has to be on the move? I don't, I don't think this is going to be, I don't think this is going to be uh indoor because I've been in the Redwoods. This does not seem like the Redwoods kind of area, especially if you look, compare it to what, what they, what we've seen in return of the Jedi. Yeah. And I, I don't want to say, I don't want to say the Ewok films, but I want to, but I'm, I'm not. Um, <laughs> but, but no, this feels more like a jungle hybrid forest, if you will. Yeah. That's a great way to say it. There is some jungle it, vibes to it. Yeah, I don't. And if there is going to be, if they are going to end or, which I think it's still possible or it's very possible, likely they are, they're going to show the part of Endor that's not going to be like this. And like I said, this isn't, is not, it's, it's almost endor like this shot right here where with this the helmet but that's on the ground it looks like endor from this part but as soon as she starts running and you see and she jumps over like little cliff waterfall thing whatever that is uh it it does not look like endor at all and and so that's where i'm kind of like i i don't what I, i guess what i'm trying to say is this i don't know if they're Unless they're there and they're already searching out for stuff of Palpatine and the Death Star, that's what I'm wondering. It really depends on where, what part of the movie this is. If this is the very beginning, then I don't think it's Endor. If it's yeah. if this is like on, I, I it very well could be. That's the only that's the only thing I, only thing I can really mm-hmm. think about is that where do they start off in the beginning of the movie? And I I feel that this is like very much like you kind of already said too. One of you, this is the very beginning of the film, so. It's, and it seems like she's training. So, but like I said, I don't, I don't, I just don't think that like that scene where they fight on the Death Star wreckage um, with the lightsabers, I don't think that's like towards the beginning of the movie. I just don't. I think that there, there's a definitely going to be a reveal somewhere, but I could be wrong. Who knows, right? So we'll see. Yeah, no, I, okay. So here's my theory on that. Um, and I'm kind of with you, Paul. Like, I think if it was, if this is later in the movie, I could see it maybe being Endor. Because it's like, well, I think they might go to Endor anyways, because that might be where the Death Star wreckage is, even though of the stuff we've seen so far, that looks nothing like Endor. But again, Endor could have an ocean that it crashed in or something. Um, But I don't think this scene is Endor because, again, I think this is the beginning of the movie. I think we're not going to know anything about Palpatine or the Death Star yet or anything. And I think the reason that Rey is running, especially when you see some of these shots of... um, so, I mean, you see her drop the helmet, block a, a blast from the remote, and then it just cuts to her feet running. And then you see her just by herself. She's running across a log. She jumps across a chasm. Um, and then I'm actually just going to jump ahead a couple of shots here to where you see uh, it looks like almost a continuation of the same thing where you see her running along the top of like this rocky ridge. Um, and, you know, at first when I first watched the trailer, I thought this was Yavin 4. Because yep, I thought those I were like, I, I thought those were ruined <laughs> temples in the background. But looking at it now, it looks like they may just be, it's actually hard to tell if they're temples or if they're just rock formations with uh, some waterfalls coming off of them and stuff. So I think this may be Yavin 4. Maybe she went back there just to train. But again, I think this is going to be one of the first things we're going to see in the movie. This is going to be the first time we see Ray. And because, again, she's by herself and we know that a lot of this movie is the heroes coming back together. Um, and obviously it doesn't look like she's here for a mission or she's fighting anybody. She's just kind of on her own training. So I think this is going to be us picking up with her for the first time, uh, seeing, you know, where she is since we last saw her in The Last Jedi. 
And I think she drops that helmet and takes off running because she senses that maybe Finn and Poe have been off recruiting allies for the resistance and now they're coming back to meet up with her. And maybe she senses their ship approaching and she's running and taking off to go meet with them. That's kind of the sense that I get because she doesn't really look like she's running from anything or like she's in danger. Um, and just the framing of those shots, especially like when she comes up over the hill, like that shot that, you know, comes up over the hill and you see her running along the ledge. It's very much like a, um, I don't know, it's got like a, a more sort of heroic kind of feel to it or like a an adventurous kind of feel to it. Um, so I think we're just going to get kind of like a montage of her running along the planet and maybe we're, maybe we won't even know we, as the audience are going to be like, what is she running towards? And we're going to see the millennium Falcon landing and her hugging, mm -hmm. uh, Finn and Poe and everybody. I could totally see it playing out where we were introduced or reintroduced, I should say to other characters first in the movie, like Poe, Finn and Leia, and they're having conversations and one of them mentions Ray. And then we kind of get into this sequence and maybe it's kind of like a little training montage type where we see her running on this mountaintop. She's training with those probes. And then, like you said, Kyle, maybe then she realizes the rest of the resistance is here on this planet. And then she goes off to them. So it could play some or play out somewhere in that fashion. I could see happening too. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so going back to uh, the shot where, um, you know, she kind of jumps across that chasm in the forest there, and it does a cool kind of transition to you see her making the same kind of jump uh, inside what I'm assuming is the wreckage of the Death Star. But it's cool because yeah. it looks it's very reminiscent of like the scenes at the beginning of The Force Awakens when she's mm -hmm. climbing through the uh, the uh, the wreckage on Jakku. Um, it's like poetry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and seeing, I love it. And seeing that obviously not just her Jedi training, but also just kind of her upbringing on Jakku uh, has prepared her for, you know, whatever kind of dangerous mission she's up to. Um, But uh, yeah, so obviously it looks like she's, you know, climbing up through some stuff on the inside of the Death Star. And actually, as we're talking, I'm trying to pull up like a transcript of the dialogue from... Uh, from the trailer did either of you guys get that by any chance well i made note of the very first bit of dialogue that was played and it was it's an instinct now the reason i did is because when i first watched it and i heard it i don't know about you guys and this might just be me wanting it to happen in the film and that's why i heard it the way i did when i first heard it i thought that was anakin talking <laughs> because <laughs> it didn't sound like finn it didn't sound like poe and it was and the the words were being talked by someone. It sounded like it would be spoken by someone who was a Jedi with experience, saying it's an instinct. And then later on, you know, other words like the Force brought us together, just talking mainly about the Force. But later on, you could I think you could clearly tell it's Finn talking. Yeah. But that very first bit of dialogue where it says it's an instinct to me, it sounded like Anakin, <laughs> and I had I was thinking, oh man, are we gonna get? the reveal that Anakin is in this movie in the trailer and we don't have to speculate <laughs> on that, but no, but I just couldn't help but think that. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. We're not that maybe that it was Anakin, but it didn't sound like any of the characters that we previously know in this trilogy, like Finn or Poe. Well, I definitely didn't think it was Anakin. I think it maybe took a couple lines for me to, um, to kind of realize who it was talking. And then obviously when you see the shot of Finn, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Finn. Um, mm. by the way, I was looking for like a transcript online and then I realized like, I mean, I've just got the, the video on YouTube up here as we're talking and I'm 
just kind of scrubbing through that. So I just turned the closed captions on on YouTube. Um, and so, yeah, the first dialogue is it, Finn says it's an instinct uh, or it's a feeling, an instinct. Um, and then he says the, uh, the, the force brought us together. Um, but, uh, well, Paul, I'll let you talk for a second if you wanted to, to answer uh, Tim's question before I jump into that. Yeah, I don't. I, I knew it was Finn. I honestly, not trying to brag here, but I thought it was Finn from the very start. I, I, it sounded like him. A lot of people were like you, though, Tim, instead of they thought it might sound like, sound like Anakin. So it was weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i pretty sure I knew it was Finn. But, you know, like Anakin didn't really cross my mind. Maybe it's just because I knew, like, if Anakin is in this movie, which I still think is a very high possibility, they're not going to show that in the trailer. There's no way. Um. But yeah, so again, Finn says it's an instinct, a feeling, uh, the force brought us together. And then it, it fades from that shot of Ray in the Death Star wreckage to Finn. Um, looks like he's maybe on Pasana. Yeah, um, I think so. And he's, he's kind of looking off into the distance with some binoculars. But just him saying, you know, it's like I have this instinct, this feeling that the force brought us together makes you wonder, like, is Finn maybe a little bit force sensitive? Like, I think that was something that wasn't even necessarily hinted at in the force awakens, but I think, you know, just the fact that he was able to wield a lightsaber and fight Kylo Ren. Like I know that was kind of explained through the fact that as a stormtrooper, he had training with melee weapons, but it was also one of those things where like they could reveal that he has force sensitivity. Like it's not out of the question, um, and so the fact that now he's talking about having this instinct that the force brought, I'm assuming he's talking to Ray that the force brought them together. It's like, well, does he maybe have some level of force sensitivity or is this maybe even going to tie more into just the idea that the force resides in all living things? And that even if you can't use the force, the fact that he's friends with a Jedi and that he knows about the force, that he maybe feels certain little things where he's like, Oh, maybe that was the force at work there. You like, you know, he's not going to train with Ray and become a Jedi and start mm. force pushing stuff, but that maybe just, you know, again, he has those little instincts and feelings and just because he's aware of the force, you know, kind of like almost like cheer it in row one, you know, Finn mm -hmm. could become like a guardian of the wills if he wanted to, where, uh, again, just because he's, he believes in the force and he's aware of it and has seen its power firsthand, even if he can't use it, that maybe, uh, you know, he just recognizes those subtle little connections or has those feelings or or can connect with the force just in in subtle ways like that. So I think that would be kind of cool if that was something that the movie touched on a little bit. Well, according to Ryan Johnson, anyone can be a Jedi as long as you have training. <laughs> and uh, there we go. So, yeah, yeah. No. So I, ha I had to say it. <laughs> no, no. In all seriousness. Yeah, maybe I he's talking to Broom Boy there. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you're on thin ice, mister. Yeah, Tim, Boy, don't make me spit from... out my pumpkin ale on the podcast. <laughs> Brewboy has a time machine, and he's he's actually Palpatine, like, <laughs> just, just from the future. Oh, my God. I love I love it. That, that's a comic book thing right there, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, but anyway, no, I I think that Finn very much, he could be Force-sensitive. I, I kind of want... Finn to be force sensitive. I always thought it was interesting or it would be interesting if Finn was force sensitive and maybe like he is the, uh, potentially a future Jedi that Ray will train. And I've always liked that. I, how cool would it be 
is it if at the very end, you know, maybe uh, he gets a lightsaber somehow and he ends up wrecking fools and then is like, all of a sudden at the very end, Ray's, you know, I'm going to, you know, I want Ray or Finn, I want you to be my first student. Like, and how rad would that be to reveal that the for, like, he is a Jedi and he is force sensitive? And that would make sense too with that voiceover at the very beginning, like the force brought us together. Mm-hmm. So I would, that would be really cool. Cause I, I, I've always liked Finn. I liked him since the first movie. The second movie, I'll wait for the commentary to talk about that. But I really do feel <laughs> that this third movie, he's 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 going to become his own man that he kind of talked about, and very very exciting. And so, I I would love to see him be a a Jedi in training at some point. Maybe you know, in, in 15, 20 years, we'll get like a another trilogy, and and then Finn will be a, a, a Jedi Master or something like that. It'd be really cool. I, I would love something like that. So, yeah, I I think they could be teasing something with Finn at that point at the beginning. Maybe not, but I think it's possible. I, and I'm rooting for it for sure. Or he says all this stuff. And then someone butts in and echoes Han Solo's line. That's not how the force works. Gosh, that's the one of the best lines of this new trilogy. Yeah, it really is. It is great. And it's not just a line. It's how he delivers. it. Yeah. 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 Like the, the best things we've gotten from the sequel trilogy so far are the character of Kylo Ren and gifts of Han saying that's not how the force works. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can I can actually agree to that, and and I'm not saying that sarcastically. Like, oh, everything else about the sequel trilogy sucks. I love both of those things. I love Han, grumpy old Han, in the Force Awakens, and I love the character of Kylo Ren. Um, but uh, so moving on from that shot of Finn, um, then we see well again. That's after that is when we see uh, that shot of Ray like running across um, just that that open sort of area of the forest, like we were talking about. Um, and then we have a shot where we see our first gathering of a lot of resistance, you know, pilots, officers, um, just we see that they have indeed managed to uh, to gather up a lot more people. Um, Lando's right here in the middle of the shot along with 3PO, um, and it looks like Finn is kind of giving a, a speech or a pep talk maybe before they're off, about to go off to battle or something. Um, but then you hear voiceover from Poe on this shot saying, we're not alone. And he says, good people will fight if we lead them. Um, and so it sounds like the resistance still kind of picking up from The Last Jedi is still looking to gather allies and still looking to inspire hope. And they know that the means to defeat the First Order and and the people that can fight and defeat them are out there. They just have to be inspired. They have to be given that push uh, to to rally together and to overcome their fear and to actually stand up against the First Order. But it's cool to see from this first shot here that people are actually starting to do that. Um, and obviously, and, and hopefully I mean, it's all because of what Luke did in The Last Jedi. I mean, that was the whole yeah. theme of the ending of that movie. So it'll be cool to hear some of like, these rebel soldiers or pilots kind of reference that. It was because of you know what we heard about the legend of Luke Skywalker that we're here. So oh, absolutely. hopefully that gets referenced by some people. Oh, I'm sure it will. I mean, we know that Luke is still going to be in this movie in some capacity as well. But um, yeah, I'm sure they'll mention his sacrifice on Crate and the events of The Last Jedi and stuff. Um, and we'll see later on in this trailer that the resistance forces have gotten a lot larger indeed, but even this early on, it's cool <laughs> to just see, uh, you know, kind of this big gathering of resistance forces. And we know that Leia is still in this movie too, um, but obviously they had 
very limited footage of uh, Carrie Fisher to work with that was like left over from The Force Awakens. So it is cool to see that Poe um, seems to have kind of assumed that leadership role now too, and that um, you know he's the one giving the big speeches and rallying everybody together. And that shot just looks something straight out of Rogue One, <laughs> like all the rebels in the that conference area debating if they should attack Scarif or whatnot. This has yeah. that same feel of, you know, kind of planning out the strategy or if it's even worth it, if they can defeat the first order. So I'm sure there's going to be some, a little bit of rogue one vibes and scenes like this too. Yeah. Or even, return, even, even return of the Jedi. But yeah. Yeah. But just, I don't know the way it's shot and just how it runs together has to me, this has like that vibe of rogue one of all the rebels and kind of huddle into that small conference area on Yavin. But maybe because the, the base looks a little similar to that too, at least from the interior in, yeah. this, in this particular shot. Well, it actually, well, look how, it's hard to look even look tell if they're, it's hard to even tell if they're in a base or something because it looks like they're all under a, a big starship. Well, I feel like this is probably in the beginning of the movie because look at how green it is right yeah. outside. So, and, and Lando's there. So, so I wonder if Lando's already there if at the very beginning of the movie. He could be. So, and that's what I'm kind of wondering. I'm wondering if the beginning, of the, the beginning of the movie is going to basically be Ray training, and then she runs into this of them all planning and kind of getting together and and whatever. And so, but yeah, who knows? But yeah, that's what kind of the, I, I'm getting the vibe of this because you see the green outside there. Again, if I'm see, if I'm the green is the, the the green jungle forest planet at the beginning of the film, and if they're all gathered on this planet, it makes sense that Ray is there training, kind of just hanging out waiting around so and again i'm curious now what i'm also wondering here where is princess leia falling all this because are is, is leia dead at this point and because if let's say carrie fisher wasn't passed away rest in peace um she'd be right there in the middle of this big meeting with lando so the fact she's not I wonder if she's gonna if we're gonna if she's gonna be passed away or, or gone by the time we get to this point and maybe it just it's it's yeah it's something more, it's, it's worth thinking about and kind of you know inquiring about well if this is early in the film i think she'll probably still be in there at some point i mean who knows maybe she's just kind of retired and passed the torch on to poe um i mean we don't really know how they're going to um you know how, how they're going to sort of wrap up her her character arc um, but we do see the shot later on of her hugging Ray, the same one we've seen before. Um, and so I'm assuming that's on the same planet and maybe around the same time frame in the movie. I don't think that, I mean, even if Leia were to like die in the course of the story, I don't think it would be, uh, before this happens, if this is going to be something early on, but this also could be towards the end of the movie as they're preparing for their final battle. Who knows? Um, yeah. it's all speculation at this point. She also could be in this scene and we just can't see her cause it's, you know, hard to make everybody out, but, um, mm -hmm. I don't know. And going back to the planet, see, I'm not convinced that this is the same forest slash jungle planet from the beginning, because I think it, and I'm assuming anyway, maybe I could be wrong that this is the planet, um, where I don't even know if it has a name yet, but it's where uh, we see a bunch of shots with Zana and the horses, the horse. I think that's also that Pasana, isn't it? Is it? I don't. No. Yeah, I yeah. Don't because know, in, no. unless it was a no, unless it was a typo, which it probably wasn't. I remember in that Vanity Fair article where we first got those those photos, 
they said that the desert planet was called Pasana, right? But then also yeah. they had the shot of Finn and Janna riding the horse yeah. creatures, and they said those were called Orbax, and they said those were native to Pasana. You see, I think that's a typo. <laughs> that's how it I think could it. be, but also, I mean, who knows? Maybe Pasana will break new ground and go where no Star Wars planet has gone before and have <gasps> two different environment types. <gasps> no. It's possible. <laughs> possible. Yeah, because... Because I, I think even it's kind of hard to see in this particular shot where all the resistance soldiers are meeting. But in the background, it seems more it has that feel where you see the ocean out there, the grassy landscapes. Um, it just seems to be in that vi environment more so than the forest jungle area that we see Ray and also Leia in a few shots. So I don't know. I just think those are two separate planets. Maybe they're not. Or maybe <laughs> this planet that doesn't have a name yet is either Pasana or the same world as the jungle forest planet. We just don't know it yet. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to tell at least watching it on my screen. Like it does kind of look greenish outside, but it also looks really bright and overexposed. And so it's just too hard to mm -hmm. tell. Um, yeah. But anyway, so moving on from that, the next shot is of, uh, you know, some more resistance fighters. We've got Rose in the foreground and then behind her, we see, uh, Dominic Monaghan's character for the first time. Um, I mean, we've seen him before in a couple like promo shots and stuff, but it's the first time we've seen footage of him as a resistance soldier. And it looks like he's with Lieutenant Connix, uh, who's the, the resistance officer that's played by Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy, Lo uh, Billy Lord. Um, and it's hard to tell what's going on here, but it actually, it looks like the resistance may be getting attacked or getting, uh, pushed out of their base because, um, Hang on, I'm going to back it up and watch it again. Yeah, you can definitely see some blaster fire flying in the background. And these characters are all walking up towards the camera and looking at something. But behind them, it looks like everybody's running away. Um, but you can also see somebody who's on one of those orbacks. And so that makes yeah. me wonder, like, maybe they're on Pasana, Or maybe they they go to Pasana or whatever planet these creatures are native to. And maybe they just recruit those people into the resistance. And that just becomes part yeah, of like yeah. the resistance forces. And so they could have a base on some other planet where they've just transported a bunch of these creatures. Um, but regardless, it looks like their base is under attack here or something's going wrong. And they've got, you know, people fleeing and retreating in the background. Um, uh, there's a small little detail about this shot, but you mentioned the Orbax just walking by in the shot. I just think there's something really cool about that. It just harkens back to Echo Base and the Empire Strikes Back, where you just see Rebels yeah. riding on Tauntauns, just casually yeah. in the background. Just having that really lived-in feel of this new planet where you see the wildlife there and how the soldiers are you know, using them to, uh, to try to help in battle as well. It just had that Empire Echo Base vibe to it and seeing the rebel or the resistance soldiers this way. This is a small touch, but I thought it was really cool. Yeah, this is a really cool shot. I almost think this could be towards the end of the film and where they're maybe they're they're again they're this is kind of the final battle. It look this looks really cool. This looks Star Wars to me with yeah. how everything looks rough and dirty and smoke blaster fires, creatures all around. Mm -hmm. This really feels like star Wars lived in, like there's actual war going on. Mm. Um, but yet it feels like so, its own thing too, where with the yeah. force awakens, the base on Dakar felt like a lot like Yavin where this, yeah, yeah. It, whatever this well, planet it's on, it feels like its own planet. Actually, you know what? I don't think this is on a planet. I think this actually is now that I'm, now that I'm looking at it more closely, and I, I think you might be right, Paul. I think this is possibly from the final battle. 
um, yeah. which we'll talk about when we get to that part later in the trailer. But yeah, it looks because if you look at the the background, it looks like they're at least outdoors because you can see ships going by in the background if you look closely, and it's like way off in mm-hmm. the distance. Um, so I think they're maybe not actually on a planet or a base, but on a ship or something. Yeah, I yeah, this looks very. Oh, I can't wait to get to that part. Um, yeah, this this, this looks. Yeah, this yeah. again. It's it's like we're I, trying not to give away spoilers when obviously everybody's seen the trailer yeah, by but, now. But like we're just, I, I want to wait till we get to that point. Exactly. You know. But I will I will say this. This is when I think things start in the trailer start getting a little bit better. If that makes any sense, like the, the trailer. No, it doesn't make cool. sense. There's no part of this trailer that's not better. Like the whole thing no, no, is freaking amazing. No, what, what I mean, what I mean by that is. I think they start showing us a little more like action, like more, more things going on. And this is the first time you get to see kind of, Oh man, there's okay. There's a battle kind of a thing. Instead of just Ray running around the forest, which again is cool, but it's not super interesting, but it's like, Oh, okay, there we go. This is kind of cool and interesting. You have Rose and Dominic. I didn't realize I was Dominic Monaghan's character. I just was focusing on Rose and all the surroundings, all the, I love this atmosphere, what they got going on here. This is when it starts going, okay, cool. Like that's something different. It's star Wars. Again, creatures like Hoth atmosphere, but it's different again, mm-hmm. Hoth elements, but it's still, it's, it's, you can tell it's its own thing, which again mm-hmm. is important in star Wars. It harkens back, but it's still new. Which I'll get into that in a second, but yeah, this is this is the first shot I think in the, tra- in the trailer trailer for for me. I was I started saying to myself, okay, here we go. Yeah, well, I mean, we're only thirty seconds into it, but yeah, obviously it's going to start picking <clears throat> start picking up. Um, yes. but then the next shot is uh, just a shot of Finn and Poe and Chewie together uh, standing in front of what I believe is supposed to be Poe's new X wing for this movie, and instead of black and orange like his previous one, this one's. Uh, got more of like a orange and either white or gray uh, paint scheme to it. I really just hope that like in the final battle and in the big space battle and stuff that we get to, you know, see shots of later, like I know Poe is going to be more in like adventurer slash resistance commander mode here. And he's got his Indiana Jones, Nathan Drake outfit on. Like I need to see my boy in the cockpit one more time. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the other thing I forgot to mention earlier. My favorite things of the sequel trilogy. It's grumpy old Han. Uh, I mean, ugh. now I get, there's there's a lot of other stuff that I love about it too. I love Luke, even though I have some mixed mixed feelings about that. But but I love grumpy old Han and seeing Han and Chewie together again. I love 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 Kylo Ren, but I love Poe's X wing and just so much fun stuff in the force awakens with him just flying around blowing up ships. And I love doing that in battlefront. I mean, his X-wing is probably my favorite hero ship and just flying around shooting down tie fighters and that thing. Um, so I really hope we get to see that one more time. Oh, yeah. I was going to say it would be a shame if there what looks to be the space battles of all space battles and Poe's not involved with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> after What we saw in the last two movies. So I think that's got to happen. Yeah, this is a this is gonna be we're gonna get Poe in, in an X wing fighting at some point. I, I I just refuse to think that we're not gonna get that. And I love the idea of getting a different kind of X wing. It's more it looks even more vintage than the again than what we got before. The black X wing was cool. Don't get me wrong, but this looks a little cooler in my opinion. I, I like it looks a little more vintage and, and run down and. 
and yeah, even though we, we can see that and the toy was released and obviously in the uh, first Friday stuff. Yeah, I, I think this looks great. I think it looks really cool. I think we also see this later on, which we'll, we'll get into that shot maybe in a second. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing. But if you look at the atmosphere, or not the atmosphere, excuse me, but the surroundings right here, this doesn't look like indoor to me at all. If you look at those trees, look at palm trees, if if palms trees ish, if you will. <laughs> um, it doesn't. This is yeah, this does not look like indoor to me. I feel that this is going to be a different planet they're hiding out on. Would it would it surprise me if it was Yavin? Not really. To be honest, I, I think I, that's where I almost think this is going to be. They're, I, th I think they're going to be on Yavin at first. Because remember, Yavin 4 is Poe Dameron's homeworld. And, yeah. and, and I'm wondering if they're going to harken back to that. Because mm. I, I feel that like they're not going to be on there very long. So it's almost going to be kind of an Easter egg, <clears throat> if you will. But, but not, not a full-on, oh... We're going to hang out in Yavin for like a good 40 minutes. I feel like they're only going to be on there for a good five, 10 minutes. And then they're going to de depart and kind of do their own thing. And Oh, yeah. Start or that might be, again, different... where their base is that they come back to. But I don't think like a main chunk of the story is going to take place there. Exactly. I feel it's going to be more of an Easter egg kind of a thing. And also make more sense to why the Resistance would be hiding out at Yavin opposed to anywhere else. Because they have the former bases. Just like how Dequar... Dakar, excuse me, was a former rebellion base that they they retrofitted back to that. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of thinking. I'm kind of my mind's made up. I think it's Yavin. So, yeah, I think, and it, it very well could be a new planet too. But I think if it is anywhere we've seen before, I would also put my money on Yavin over Endor for sure. Um, and then going from that shot, uh, we see another shot that, again, looks like it's on the same planet where we see a rebel blockade runner taking off over the top of some treetops. Um, and I'm assuming that's not going to be... Well, actually, you know, I was going to say I'm assuming that's not going to be the only resistance ship that's there. But, I mean, you know, maybe... Again, this could be where Ray goes to meet up with... Uh, Finn and Poe and Chewie at the beginning of the movie and they get on their ship and take off from there and go meet up with the rest of the resistance somewhere else. But, um, yeah, who knows? Um, but cool to see, uh, you know, that classic ship design again. Um, just one of many that we'll see later on, you know, and it's funny because there's so many familiar ships in this trailer that, and I mean, you guys know that's been one of my biggest complaints with the sequel trilogy is the fact that it's 30 years later and it's still just back to X-Wings and TIE Fighters and stuff and not really any new designs, but, for whatever reason, that didn't bother me in this trailer at all. It's almost like yeah. I, w I wish they had gone a different direction with it in The Force Awakens, but now that that's kind of what they've established, like, I'm okay with it. It's like, well, if we got X-Wings, might as well bring back the Y-Wings and the B-Wings <laughs> and the Corellian Corvettes and just throw the whole kitchen sink in there of old Rebel ships. It could have been... I, I, ha oh, I was going to say, it could have even been the opposite effect, where let's say they did have new ship designs for the force awakens and that continued into the last Jedi could have made this even more special where we're seeing X wings and Y wings and a wings for the first time in this movie to really bring it home and wrap up the saga with some familiar ships that you haven't seen in so long. But like you said, it still works. You still get those cool goosebump feelings when you see a lot of those familiar ships in this trailer. But mm -hmm. I just can't help but think if we, they went both routes for in the first few films, we got new designs. And then in this last one is where it all yeah. comes back to the classics. Yeah, I I have a there's a lot to be said about that, actually, which I kind of want to save for maybe maybe the movie. I don't know. But I will say this. The sequel trilogy and what they've 
and and a lot of the things that I would say even more specifically JJ more than Ryan Johnson though I give Ryan Johnson a lot of, a lot of heat I give him a lot of credit that he didn't try to tread on the same same things all the time like JJ did he did, you know he put in the bombers you know he did have a wings show up but at least he had some bombers he tried some different ships um whereas JJ's straight up X wings that's it. And now we're getting X-Wings, Y-Wings, and A-Wings, and B-Wings, which is cool. But one of the things I'm starting to come around to is the ideas of what the resistance is, what the First Order is, the repetitiveness, and why they exist in the first place, and why it kind of makes sense, and all that stuff. There's a lot to—that's a whole podcast, I think, uh, in and of itself, but I will tease this and say I'm starting to come around to things like that in the sequel trilogy— and more. So we'll see if the rise of Skywalker can deliver on that. If the sky, if the rise of Skywalker delivers it, I will be 100%. I'll go into every detail of what I'm talking about right here. But right now I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get on not the bandwagon, but I'm starting to get, you can convince me, JJ, you just got to deliver the, you just got to <laughs> stick the landing. So we'll see. Are we on to the next, next scene yet? Cause I think I kind of want to talk about this next scene really bad. Well, I think all of us do. Uh, I mean, Tim, you didn't have any, <laughs> Uh, anything else to say about the the blockade runner? Did you? The last well, thing I'll I, say is is they are gonna go back to some you know using classic ships and whatnot. And I know there's a lot of blockade runners, but why not having that be the Tantive Four? <laughs> I mean, well, it could be. Okay, really quick. I what if this is how Princess Leia passes away? What if this is her ship crashing? No, nah, that ship looks like it's taking route. off. It's not yeah, crashing. And, and they wouldn't they would kill her way. off in a ship crash. It looks, it looks like it's crashing. Nah, no, it's taking off. Yeah, is it? Yeah. yeah, it's definitely taking oh, off. Okay, you're right, you're right. I, I, I for some reason, thought it was crashing. My bad. <laughs> um, Forget me. I, I, I give up. I give up. <laughs> no, I just think it would be cool, you know, with Leia still around, she would still have that chip, I would imagine, or, you know, would still travel in it when she needs to, and hopefully that's the case on this one. Because I think that'd be another cool throwback to use. It's something not something huge, but yet still you know what it is when you see it. Yeah, definitely. And even if you know whether or not they confirm that it's the actual ship, I mean, it's uh, it's obviously you know evokes a lot of those memories and stuff just by the design of it. Mm-hmm, um, totally. So it's a cool callback, regardless. Um, but yes, now we can go on to the next scene, Paul, um, where we see just the waves crashing against the Death Star wreckage. We've heard Finn's voiceover so far. We've heard Poe's, and now we hear Ray saying, uh, she says, people keep telling me they know me, uh, but they are, um, she says, but no one does. And then Kylo Ren says, but I do. And as they're saying this, you know, again, it's just kind of a wide shot of the wreckage. We see Ray standing there with her lightsaber ignited. Um, and then it, you know, cuts to a close-up, close-up shot of Ray standing there again with the lightsaber looking very intense and anticipating. Um, and then, you know, she says, everyone thinks they know me, but no one does. And Kylo Ren says, but I do. And he walks out of like a crashing wave. Like it's almost like the scene of Vader, you know, walking out of the smoke at the end of the hallway or something. It's like, there's just this mm-hmm. giant wave crashing over and he sort of just emerges out of the mist with his lightsaber ignited. Um, I mean, doesn't look quite as cool with his hair all soaking wet as he maybe would have with the mask on or something, but still <laughs> looks pretty cool and intimidating um, as he's just walking towards Ray and he picks up his lightsaber and just kind of slowly twirls it behind him like he's about to do that Star Killer backhanded grip. 
Um, man, and I know there's uh, more shots of this lightsaber fight later on in the trailer, but just what an epic confrontation and what a cool setting for a lightsaber duel this is going to be. Yeah. Well, I have to say that there's a couple things. One, I was not down with uh, Ray's outfit in this movie. I love, love, love the Octu outfit with the poncho. And I hate I kind of was a little like irritable that the fact they went back to like a very basic uh, episode seven design from her Jakku. Just it's all white. But now I kind of dig the all white. It looks really cool. And I, and, and I think the shot, I'm like, oh, it looks really good in the rain. Like it looks just she just looks really like awesome. I'm like, man, like I, the shot of her with the lightsaber in the all white, it just it looks almost angelic, if you will. And yeah. opposed to like opposed to this, like, forgive me, Kylo Ren, for I have sinned when I sin against you. And this uh, I have to say, but this <laughs> demonic kind of thing kind of coming <laughs> towards her. It very much feels like light versus dark here. Oh, like yeah. It's almost a literal. I mean, obviously it's literal, but I mean, right here specifically, it really feels that way. And just uh, it looks fantastic. It, the movie, the shots they're showing us from this trailer. If this is what cinematography we're going to get, then sign me up. Like, this looks fantastic. And yeah. I feel, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. And, and the, I thought The Force Awakens wasn't the best. I think actually I, I'll say it right now. I think The Last Jedi was was a, a much better shot. From a from a I, again, you're like you're the photographer or the video person here, Kyle. I I almost would prefer Last Jedi cinematography opposed to the the Force Awakens. If you had a you know if I had to choose between the, you know the two styles as far as that goes, but what I'm getting from this already, I'm like okay, I feel like this looks this took some great great cinematography. If, if this is what we're getting teased as far as that goes, but because there's some great great shots. Um, well, here's what I'll say I, on that. Um, I, I agree with you. This all looks fantastic. I think The Last Jedi obviously has some really great cinematography. Um, probably some of the most beautiful beautiful cinematography in a Star Wars film, just from an artistic standpoint. I almost prefer the look of The Force Awakens a little bit more as it pertains to like the Star Wars universe as a whole. Like it's and and it's it's see if this makes sense. This might be a little hard to describe, but like it almost like it's definitely more colorful. It's more vibrant. Um, Again, The Last Jedi feels like a more like well shot and artistic film. But as a Star Wars movie, I feel like the the visuals and the cinematography like do a better job of transporting me to a galaxy far, far away. Um, you know, you're not sitting there going, wow, this looks like a, a really pretty well-shot film. You just look like, wow, this looks like Star Wars. My biggest complaint with The Force Awakens is the fact that all the environments just felt really familiar. It's like, oh, we're on another desert planet, but it's not Tatooine. Oh, we're on another snow planet, but it's not Hoth. Oh, we're on another, you know, jungle planet, but it's not Endor. Like, it felt like, and you know, that going along with the fact that, you know, we're on a Star Destroyer, we're flying an X-Wing, we're flying a TIE Fighter. Like, it all just felt very familiar. But it also has a certain aesthetic to it that I really like. And I feel like everything in this trailer um, has that same kind of aesthetic to it. But then it's like they went bigger and bolder. And despite the fact that, you know, we were just on a jungle planet at the beginning, it doesn't feel like, okay, we're trying to evoke the original trilogy again. It it feels like J.J. took those ideas that he established in The Force Awakens and said, okay, now that we kind of established Ground Zero, now let's kind of take it and run from there and expand on it and go bigger and better and kind of put his own spin on it and not be so 
uh, tied down to, you know, again, as he so infamously said, like reminding the audience of what Star Wars is. Um, so I love the look of this movie. I think, you know, just based on the trailer, I think I'm going to enjoy this more than The Last Jedi just visually. Again, mm-hmm. the the cinematography of The Last Jedi is beautiful from a technical and an artistic standpoint, but as far as, um, you know, just feeling rich and vibrant and again th- this has almost more of like a fantasy vibe to it like it it feels like a fantasy world in space yes. which is exactly what star yes. wars is mm-hmm. um and and i feel like they're just nailing it with this trailer it's so just rich and full of uh just sort of almost you know fantastical imagery um yeah i i just love it i think that's a great point uh kyle because there, I, the space fantasy really is heavy in this trailer, and we'll get to that here in a real quick second. But, and I, I'm sorry, Tim. I'll let, I'll, I'll just finish this up really fast. I don't like. I I feel like you you nailed it when you said I feel that JJ maybe not even from a cinematography aspect, but just from an art direction art direction standpoint, we're getting a more fantastical film than we did in the previous two, especially in, in episode seven where I felt that it was, it's a lot more condensed, if that makes any sense. But the only fantastical element I feel that's more fantasy than anything was Maz's castle. And that felt just, I felt that that was a very, that was one of my, my least favorite parts of the movie in retrospect. And I love alien creatures and costumes. And now I thought that was going to be amazing. And it was very disappointing to me, but I feel and everything else just was kind of just not as much as I wanted that to be. And now I feel just in this what, that we're that we're given. You made a great point. That space fantasy element, it's more, it's there in the story, I think. And they're shooting around that even better this time. So that's what I think maybe what you're picking up on. Because I, I, I think you saying that just kind of clicked in my head. So Tim, I apologize. Can, go ahead. No, I just got to echo everything you guys said about this or these subsequent shots about this duel in this face-off Kylo and Rey are going to have. It just looks awesome. And it just makes me wonder still about, because it's on. it was on the teaser poster. We got a D23 with Palpatine and Kylo and Rey facing off. And that shot of them is even in the new poster we got yesterday as well, where they're dueling, but Kylo has his helmet on. And it makes me wonder if, you know, there's, this is going to be more to this fight where he starts off with his helmet on and something happens in their duel in the battle where it does get destroyed again or, or he removes it. And he's that shot of him coming out of the waves is the first time we see him in this battle without his helmet on because of something that's happened to it during the battle. But I'm not sure. I just really hoping that because it's on the posters and I've said it before, I want to see Kylo in a lightsaber duel with his helmet on, which we might get that even if it's not in the scene later on this trailer. But I think that'd be kind of cool if this this is not as long of a, as a fight that we got between Anakin and Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith, but somewhere there's some good length to it where there's multiple facets to the fight where there's a sequence where he's with the helmet and then he's without it here. So mm-hmm. I can help but think of that and that shot of him coming out. But another thing I wanted to mention too is the dialogue that you referred to, Kyle, with Ray saying how, you know, people think they know me, but nobody does. And I just really liked it because it's kind of a, you know, no nonsense Ray attitude that Ray has here where you think about some of her dialogue in The Last Jedi where she's telling Luke, you know, I'm trying to find my place in all this where she doesn't know what to do. And she's 
from this bit of dialogue right there, she's moved past that where, you know, maybe she's just tired of people, you know, trying to tell her where, like what her destiny is or what they think her role in the galaxy is. You know, I'm sure Palpatine's going to play a big factor of that in this movie and Kylo as well. And she's just, you know, either tired of it or just knows what her destiny is at this point when she says that, where everyone thinks they know what her role is and what what her history is or what she, what her fate is. But she's come to a clarity and knows that, you know, what her real fate and her destiny is in the course of the galaxy. And that's why she says nobody knows. And, you know, it's kind of it could be one of those things, too, where the dialogue that's spliced here between what she says and then Kylo says, I do. It does make sense for that to that bit of dialogue by Kylo to follow what Ray says. But I could see it playing somewhere else, too, where she's telling that to Palpatine in hmm. maybe one of the conversations they have. But regardless of who she's telling it to, I just thought it was a good bit of dialogue that we got from her, just showing her growth as a character where, you know, she knows what, you know, her fate is and her destiny is and no one else does, even though they might think they do. And it just goes great with that shot that we see of her ready to face off with Kylo. Well, see, that's interesting. That's interesting, though, that you saw that as like her being strong and having character development and stuff, because I almost took that as the one thing in this trailer. Again, we because we don't see anything in here, any hint of her going to the dark side like we saw in that D23 teaser. Yeah, um, which is surprising you know, we, to we me. Don't I thought we were getting more. Yeah, we don't see like her with the red lightsaber or anything like that. But this line of dialogue to me kind of hints towards that a little bit where she almost sounds almost like angsty or like frustrated, like – you know, she's dealing with, um, I'm, you know, I'm sure maybe she's still communicating with like the force ghost of Luke and, you know, she's talking to Leia and stuff. And it's like, you know, I'm dealing with all these people and even like Kylo Ren in the last movie who was trying to get her to to join the dark side um, where she's like, man, I, you know, maybe she feels like she's being pulled in all these different directions and all these people think that they know who she is or know what's best for her or something. And she's like, man, nobody really understands me. And then, of course, you still have Kylo here saying like, but I do. Um, and of course, what they're force skyping. They could be. I mean, I definitely, obviously, because this is voiceover here, I don't think this is going to be dialogue in the middle of this fight. Um, I right. think it's probably from a different scene that probably is still going to be between the two of these characters. But yeah, they maybe still could have that force connection, or they maybe could just be face to face somewhere. Um, but obviously, I mean, we've talked about this endlessly on you know previous episodes just speculating about this movie and stuff <clears throat> but um just seeing the dynamic between those two characters continue to evolve and see where they're gonna go um both individually and just you know sort of the ways that they're connected and how their destinies are going to be intertwined is you know going to be just really fascinating to watch yeah I yeah mean, you might be right on what you take of that bit of dialogue meaning, but I just couldn't help but think how I felt when I heard it, just maybe mixing in with the visuals of how awesome the shots of her hearing that dialogue was in that moment. It just, I just got that feeling of, you know, she's just not messing around. She really knows herself at this point, but again, you could be right too, where it's maybe earlier in the film where she hasn't come to that realization yet, or isn't quite sure what her destiny is just yet, but I'm kind of hoping it's, um, what I felt originally when I heard that bit of dialogue and saw that footage, because I think it would be a good progression for a character to finally feel that way when everyone else is saying something different to her or think they know what's best for her. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see because, again, I'm assuming that even though she seems pretty staunchly resolute and even through the first two movies, she's seemed pretty firmly on the light side. Like, I think she's going to have some kind of uh, doubt or uncertainty or struggles that she's going to have to overcome within herself in this movie. Um, yeah, definitely. If, you know, any of that dark side stuff is actually going to be a factor. So, um. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, I'm. That's probably the the aspect of the movie that I'm most excited to see play out. Um, is just, you know, Ray and Kylo and their individual character development and their uh, seeing the ways that their characters are connected um, and where their storyline goes. Uh, but the and and of course we'll talk about that later too because there's some more stuff that has some very interesting. Hmm, what does this mean? Where is this going? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, but then this is kind of the first real, whoa, big shocker moment of the trailer. First, we see, uh, a whole, you know, maybe 20 or 30 TIE fighters flying past the camera towards this giant iceberg, um, you know, iceberg glacier thing that looks like it's got maybe a city built into it. It's hard to tell if this is, uh, the planet Kajimi. Um, that we've seen, you know, the photos of um, and saw in the first trailer uh, where it had kind of like the snowy covered mountains. Again, this doesn't look exactly the same, but could just be a different area of the same planet. Um, and it's crazy, like just the way that this is framed, it almost looks like this is just one giant iceberg that's like floating in space or something. But I'm pretty sure yeah. it's like, but I'm pretty sure it's on a lake or something because the the bottom half looks like it's a reflection of the top, and there is kind of like a dividing line in the middle. You see, um, I kind of wish it wasn't though. I think it'd be really cool and different just to have this big iceberg stuck in the middle of like the unknown regions of space that no one knows about. I mean, <laughs> it just... could be. Actually, you know what? And the more like just watching it again. The it actually does look like the bottom half is not exactly symmetrical with the top, so that very well could be the case. Maybe this is just like a floating ice comet or asteroid or something, and has just got you know um, like a, a city or a space yeah, station or something I, built into it. I'm almost I'm almost positive that's what it is, and that's in fact that's this is exactly what I thought it was. What because look at it, it looks it's floating in space. It's not connected to anything. It's just kind of hanging out there. And I, I have to say, this is freaking perfect. Okay, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I, I want you to—I want you all to know this. This is not subjective. This is perfect for Star Wars. I'm joking when I say it's not subjective because it all is. But still, it's not. This is perfect. <laughs> and how can you but, not like this? <laughs> yeah, I you know this. If if someone said, "Hey, here's some Star Wars." is this star Wars or not or not? And I, they do take away the tie fighters. You just give me just what, what it looks like with a little like city thing on the, on the left hand side there, take the tie fighters out. I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's star Wars. 100%. And bam, this is gorgeous. This is perfect because here's the thing. I, I said this on Twitter the other, uh, the other day, I said, can you say space fantasy, heart eyes, emojis, lots of them. And yeah. that's, that's exactly what this is. Mm -hmm. If you, if I had described this in one picture without the TIE fighters, I would say it looks like a space fantasy. It looks like Star Wars. And bam, it's it's beautiful. And 
that's again you kind of already touched on this already brilliantly kyle that i piggybacked off of because that's what i'm good at piggybacking off other people's <laughs> ideas uh, but no you talked about how this seems more whimsical and fantastical in the way they're shooting the movie and that's what i kind of realized it kind of dawned on me because there's so many different shots that are also coming up as well we're going to get to that this is more fantastical looking and that's what's been missing in the sequel trilogy a little bit. Not not completely, but I'd say the overall tone is kind of missing a little bit. And and I think that one of the one of the criticisms that George Lucas used to say was, or you know, if you if he's been in the news a lot with the whole Bob Iger book and whatever, and he talked about how there's nothing new. It's all the same. And I think that's a fair criticism of the films. And I think even Bob kind of in retrospect kind of said, yeah, we, I, we kind of, you know, we obviously did something right with the force awakens, but we can see the criticisms of that with, with years, but you know, behind us now with, you know, looking back, this is a great example of pushing things forward and doing something different. It's an iceberg floating in space. That's basically housing the first order. How brilliant is that? That's brilliant. <laughs> and you know, again, I don't know if this is from a JJ thing or original Ralph McQuarrie thing. Cause it seems like all the great things from this trailer are probably from Ralph McQuarrie. Um, I'm kind of joking there, but that being said, this, this to me is perfect. And this, you know, after we got the, the, the shot of the, of the war kind of the little war stuff we're seeing, right. And, and with Rose and Don McMonahan, I'm like, okay, you got me. And then you have the Ray and Kylo Ren stuff. I'm like, okay, this looks phenomenal. Let's do this. And then all of a sudden this, pops up and i'm like <gasps> like you know that that vince mcmahon gif where he's like yeah like, this is me like doing the one where i'd be like going backwards with cross-eyed when I, I fall back this is exactly what that is for me this is when i went okay i'm i'm done and then it just keep getting better and it just kept getting better and better from this which we'll get to the next shot in a second but this to me is what sums up star wars and i love this I cannot say it enough. I will shut up about it. But this to me is perfection. Yeah. yeah I mean, this, this embodies what you guys said about space fantasy. I mean, to me, it looks something that could be in the never ending story movie. <laughs> it almost looked like the ivory tower, but set on ice. It just has that fantastical feel to it mixed in with space. Worse. Great so cool. comparison. And do you think really quick, do you guys think that this is the permanent spot where Pal uh, Palpatine, I almost, I almost stopped myself like, Oh, spoiler. But wait, yeah, well, he's wanting to know he's back. <laughs> but, um, he's going to be no, in this movie. But, oh, I'm sorry. No, but is this where Palpatine is? Is, is this where he's been hiding out or is this where the empire has been hiding out? Like, I don't I know. Don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Well, that very next shot that we get in the trailer, I don't know if you, I don't think else you want to say about the iceberg shot, Kyle, but well, I think we, we can get... just go right from one into the next because I think okay. it, yeah, at least color wise, it looks like it's in the same location. It totally looks now, like it could on. be in next that shot, iceberg. Well, the next shot, guys, the next shot's not that though. The next shot's a, a an amazing shot of it in and of itself. Oh, I know. No, that's what we're talking about though. Oh, oh, sorry, my bad, my bad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, we're not talking about the Star Destroyer yet. I'm talking about the what we're assuming is Palpatine's throne. Um, and we, and we hear, di we hear dialogue from Palpatine saying, long have I waited. Um, and we just see a shot of this throne, like the star Wars, again, space fantasy. This is the star Wars equivalent of the iron throne. Um, yes, it's big, it's spiky, it's ancient looking. It's, 
you know, just like kind of crazy and over the top, but just like in a really cool way. And then it was actually, um, I saw uh, it was uh, Phil Sostak, I think his name is from Lucasfilm. He like works in the art department and he posted this on Twitter, uh, made the comparison between this and showing that in the art book of Return of the Jedi, like this is taken straight from Ralph McQuarrie's initial concept of, uh, you know, like in the early stages of design for that movie, Vader wasn't going to bring Luke to uh, see Palpatine on the Death Star. Like the Emperor was going to have his own castle Hannah or Bonham, fortress or whatever. And whatever have, it like is. he was going to have like this crazy throne in there that looked exactly like this. So this was taken right from that. Um, now, here's the thing. When when this just popped into my head as you were talking earlier, Paul, about maybe that floating ice fortress or whatever being like a base for the First Order. um because obviously you see this throne and you hear the dialogue from Palpatine. And so immediately I'm thinking like, okay, like we don't see Palpatine on this throne. It's empty, but maybe that's what he's coming back for. Like this is his throne that he wants to sit on when he returns to power and finally dominates the entire galaxy for himself. But also what if this is Kylo Ren's actually, like what if he found this and now as Supreme leader of the first order, he's like, I'm taking this, dope looking throne and uh you know this is my seat of power here on my uh little ice palace or whatever mm, that could be cool too but I, I have a hard time shaking that it's not involved with palpatine yeah <laughs> no, I mean, and that just... was something that just popped into my head as we were talking but my first instinct for me obviously was also that it's palpatine because you hear his voice going on going along with it i mean you would think yeah. it is as connections to either be you know an ancient Sith throne from a temple or, you know, the first Sith Lord. Or how, cool, how cool would it be if it was Darth mm. Bane's throne, you know, oh, the, man. originator of the rule of two. Oh, it's so man. significant. <laughs> it just like, yeah. regardless of what planet it was on, even if it wasn't, you know, Moribund, because we know, you know, it's the Sith homeworld, but just an unknown, like ancient Sith planet that they got destroyed. And now it's just a part of it is frozen in that ice an iceberg in space and all that's left is that throne but yet there's tons of dark side energy contained in there which makes it powerful and why palpatine would want to either go to it or why somehow it connects to him surviving because of it i don't know there's tons of way you can go with it but the fact that there's going to be some strong sith connection to it i think would be really cool just have it be like you made the comparison to the iron throne and how you know everyone in westeros knew what the iron throne was and the power that you know you would hold if you sat on the iron throne and maybe it's the same for the sith where they know who sits on that throne can gain ultimate power with the dark side or something to that effect but it's regardless it just looks really really cool and i just can't wait to see someone sitting on it whether it is palpatine or kylo ren but i'm kind of leaning more towards palpatine because it just you know it would just be so perfect for him to sit on a throne like that mm-hmm. yeah this is um this is awesome. Straight up amazing. And I think that going into space fantasy, this is obviously continues that whole idea. And, you know, I kind of think that that's there for him when he, whatever new body he's going to get. I don't, we don't know. That's the thing. that's crazy is we just don't know how he's going to come back. And I mean, I'm staying away from spoilers completely. So, I, yeah, this, but this is just, I got to have the play set of this, man. Like, seriously, give me, where's, 
obviously it's not going to be a place until after the movie but yeah you better believe if there's like a you know that they had the black series had the snoke on his throne thing yeah, yeah. or they well, even have the one that just came out was uh the palpatine on his throne yeah well guess what i'm getting this when it, whoever yeah it could the be black like, series palpatine on that throne or like, this could be for all this could be broom boy on this thing i'd still buy it. Like, <laughs> that's how like that's how legit excited i am about getting this throne and what if you can't my, remove like, broom boy from the throne like it doesn't matter himself. i'll just I, i'm sure broom boys if he's sitting on that thing broom boy is important so <laughs> i mean at least at least there's something what if palpatine is broom boy hey it's leading more than towards your theory about that i i actually <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of digging into this idea yeah what, if, what yeah what if is uh what if it is like he's like i have tricked you all i am actually broom boy he's like, oh he's like no you all die um so no i i think this is great i mean we could talk about this for ages we really could and i would love i would love for them to, to kind of just drop a little something like this throne was i had stolen this from Darth Bane, or you know, or yeah. I, because again, there is because we don't know that maybe there is like he, they're he's trying because remember, if we're thinking along the lines of what the comics, which are canon that we know about, the dark side clouds objects and it surrounds objects, and that's how it gets its power. Is it? It's again, it uses physical objects to cling to, and it's you know. Obviously, um, oh my gosh, the Momin, Momin, whatever his name is, from Darth Vader comics, he was, you know, he was trapped in a helmet. We all, we all can assume that Palpatine's probably trapped in that. I'd be very shocked if he wasn't, if he wasn't already um, trapped in a Vader mask or something like that. Um, that all being said, you gotta wonder if maybe this is a dark side throne that is surrounded by other dark side energy, and maybe dark side energies can com combine and get stronger together. And you got to wonder if maybe that has to play a part in that somehow. And that would make sense why you'd have this really weird thing that Palpatine all of a sudden have, right? Because he was very, back when he was living and, and breathing normal person and all wrinkly from a battle with Mace Windu, which is by the way, always weird to me to think about when I watch return of the Jedi, it's like, how do you get like that? Oh, yeah, that's right. He, you fought Samuel Jackson with a purple lightsaber. Weird. Um, so, but but that being said, he didn't have this on that. And again, I know it's a different design, et cetera, et cetera. But if you go in the in-universe idea, you would think, why wouldn't he have something this radical in, in, in real life? Well, I don't think he needed it, right? So I wonder what this represents besides just looking cool and maybe it is just that maybe i'm looking we're reading too much into it and, and there's nothing wrong with that it's just looking cool but it could be i have to go I was ahead, say, it could be something too where it's something maybe he's always been after and sought mm -hmm. and that kind of because we know how palpatine was obsessed about exploring the unknown regions and i think a part of it is you know to be have his contingency plans in case anything happens to the empire which i'm sure will hopefully get explained into more detail in the Rise of Skywalker once he reveals how he comes back. But even though maybe part of that exploration wanted to go into the unknown regions was to find this, you know, Sith throne that, you know, maybe has this insurmountable amount of dark side energy or power or knowledge that could be gained from being on there and having that dark side energy flow through you. So it could be another reason maybe that's something maybe he always sought after, couldn't get while during the days of the Empire, but now that he had, you know, 30 years or so after Return of the Jedi, or that was always his one of his goals to explore the unknown regions. Now 
that he's coming back, he's able to find it, and who knows what you know power he's able to get from it. So that's another idea that could explain as far as maybe having some significance of why Palpatine always wanted to explore the unknown regions. But again, it's always fun speculating, but it just could be a very cool looking throne that he sits on and that is all. But yeah, there's but he, so I many cool possibilities that there could be with it though. I think he also maybe could have had it the whole time though. And just the, like, I think obviously this isn't like a chair you can just pick up and move. Like it's probably part of yeah. some fortress or something. And maybe this exactly. was just something that he knew about, but like he didn't need it. You know, he had his imperial, he had his yeah. imperial palace on Coruscant and that's where he kind of ruled the empire from. And then he had his throne room on the death star. And maybe this was another place that he, went to go hang out at when he wanted to like meditate on the dark side or do some research on ancient Sith Lords or, you know, go explore some more of those mysteries of the galaxy. Like you were talking about Tim. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe he has been to this place before or, you know, knew about it before or something. And just, you know, it was never in the story just cause it didn't really need to be. Um, but yeah, I'm sure whatever it is, I mean, maybe it does just look cool, but I think, you know, there probably will be some sort of significance to it as well, too. Not just the throne, but like whatever location it's in, like there's going to be a okay, reason that I have an idea. this is going to, that's going to be the reason, or there will be a reason that this is the place that Palpatine has chosen or that he's after or that he's coming back to or right. whatever. What if this iceberg floating thing is a old Sith like temple thing? It very well could be. I mean, again, Ugh. it looks like an ancient Sith throne, so I would not be surprised if, if it's part of some, uh, you know, if there's some ancient Sith relic or something in there. Um, yeah, God, I love this. Also, God, I just, I, I don't know, I don't know why I wasn't watching this trailer full screen the whole time, but I, I full screened it and I went back to the previous shot and that iceberg is definitely floating in space because not only does the bottom part not match the top part, but the top part looks natural with like mountains and stuff. And the bottom part definitely looks carved. Like there are blocks and cubes carved into the ice that's hanging down below that thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, so then you got the throne and then, you know, and again, Palpatine saying, long have I waited. And then you see an Imperial Star Destroyer. I love this Breaking <laughs> out from, I'm assuming, you know, what looks like a frozen lake or something. And man, it's like, and, it, you know, we saw from the D23 preview that there's that huge fleet of Imperial ships up in the sky. But um, I'm assuming that this is not just going to be the one ship, that Palpatine had an entire fleet hidden away somewhere that was like buried in the ice again maybe this is on kajimi maybe i mean maybe the iceberg is like floating above the planet or maybe you know it's a planet that has a lot of asteroids or you know things in orbit or something like that um or maybe this is a different place entirely um but we did see in the previous shot we saw lightning flashing on the throne and then it, you cut to the next shot and there's another flash of lightning like i mean i know any planet can have lightning but just like visually and thematically it seems very similar so i think these places are if it's not the same place it's got to be very directly tied together um and again you know palpatine and his throne and then imperial ships coming back and man just seeing this star destroyer rising up from the wreckage i mean if you thought the shot in the trailer from the force awakens was cool where we saw the wreckage of the crash star destroyer for the first time it's like now it's coming back and man i just it's amazing <laughs> uh, it's amazing and i can't wait to see i mean gosh there's gonna be so many unanswered questions going into this movie like 
what is the First Order doing? What are they going to do when the Empire comes back? Like, are are the heroes going to defeat yeah. the First Order halfway through the movie, but then the Empire comes back and Palpatine's like, ha, gotcha, now you got to fight some more Star Destroyers? Or, like, are the Resistance and the First Order going to end up teaming up to fight the Empire? Or is the Empire going to come back and just sort of absorb the First Order and there's going to be, like... Imperial Star Destroyers and First Order Star Destroyers. I have no idea what Palpatine is up to in this movie, like how he's coming back, why he's coming back, what his plans are for these Star Destroyers and everything, but I can't wait to find out. And I love that this trailer doesn't really give us much as far as like story, yes. you know, story-wise. Yeah. I mean, just because this is the final film in the trilogy and the final film in the Skywalker saga, I'm assuming that it's going to end with the good guys defeating the bad guys. Ray's going to defeat Palpatine. The resistance is going to defeat the first order slash empire. Um, but I've no idea how that's going to happen. Like, is it just going to be a straight up fight? Do they have to find something that's going to help them? Uh, what happens to Kylo Ren in the middle of all this? Does Ray have to defeat him too? Is he going to help her defeat Palpatine? Like there's so many questions and I love that this trailer doesn't really answer any of them or even hint at them. It just shows you a bunch of cool stuff and says, see you on December 20th. Yeah. I mean, yeah. None more so than this. Well, I shouldn't say none, but this shot right here, this was one of the highlights of the trailer for me. And the first one where I just went, Oh man, this, this is awesome. <laughs> I mean, we know the movie's called the rise of Skywalker, but we're seeing the rise of some awesome star destroyers <laughs> that I can't wait to see more of. I mean, I could just picture, or I'm trying to picture in my head how amazing this entire sequence is going to be where you just see ship after ship just come out mm -hmm. of the ice or the water and just picturing the music that's going to be playing here, the Imperial March or the Emperor's theme. Oh man. I, I just get goosebumps. Oh, it about better be, it cool. better be the Imperial March. <laughs> it's like Good a new point. rendition of yeah. it too would be amazing. I know John Williams could probably do an amazing cool new rendition that just goes perfectly with seeing the rise of the empire in Ooh, this moment again man i'm getting gonna goosebumps just thinking about that yeah uh this shot oh i love it i know it's just a tease of probably what's going to be an epic moment of the movie where we just see all these ships come out and just almost look like an impossible situation for the resistance to go up against battle with but we know like you said, Kyle, good guys are going to win at the end of the day but at this moment right here it's got to feel like oh man all hope is lost here. Palpatine's back. He's got an entire fleet with him. Oh, it's going to be incredible, man. This mm -hmm. one shot invoked all those cool emotions and possibilities of what this could, how this could play out in the movie and how amazing it's going to be to see it. Oh, it's so, so cool. Yeah, I, that I'm very, I think it's cool shot. I want there to be a good reason why there's regular star destroyers coming out of the ice. And, I hope we get it and it makes me a little nervous that why they weren't in there in the first place. But again, this movie Look, it's is because Palpatine's hiding them. Well, right. But I mean, you know, I want to know why anyway. Oh yeah. Well, I do he's, too, but I'm, I'm not, it. I'm not worried that we won't find out why. Yeah. No, I know. I know. But and the reason why I'm not that worried either. And I'm just, I'm just, again, I'm getting just excited about all this is the fact that, this is the longest Star Wars movie, and there's there's going to be plenty of time for them to explain things, and mm -hmm. they better use it wisely. It's all I got to say because, in my opinion, going back to ripping on the Last Jedi, and I apologize for in, in advance, but not sorry. Also, that movie was way longer than it needed to be. So, and I hope it, I've said this on Twitter as well. 
I just want this movie to justify its time. I have no problem. You know, even though even Endgame, I think, runs a little bit longer than it needed to be, I still think it justifies it in the end. But mm-hmm. that being said, I this because this is ending, ending a 40-plus year saga, let's, you know, let yeah, let's do it right. And yeah. let's explain and 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 what's and why is Palpatine back? Why are these Star Destroyers coming out of the ice? Let's, and I hope they do. And, and because you know what, I don't want a shot just to have the, for to have a cool shot sake. And that's what JJ, let's be honest, did a, that a lot in the Force Awakens because he got the tools and the you know he got his dad's tools for the first or his toys for the first time. And was like I'm gonna do the things I always want to do with dad's cool toys. And he did a pretty cool thing with them. And, and, and you know it was also just kind of whatever and. So I kind of hope now that he's kind of got all that out of his system, he can kind of, you know, focus on the story a little bit. So, yeah, I, but yeah, I, 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 I have faith though. I do have faith they're going to stick the landing. I just, but I hope, again, I hope it just, we have a reason for justification of why this, this thing is coming out of the iceberg and it makes sense. And, and I, I, I accept it. Yeah, I, I think have Palpatine's no dialogue in the trailer even hints at it about it a little bit too, where he goes, you're right. Yeah. Oh, like you, everyone gathering together will be your undoing. I mean, I'm kind of paraphrasing there, but that's basically the gist of it. Where all the heroes and probably the resistance coming together, it's going to be their undoing. And he was hoping for that to happen. Maybe kind of similar to Return of the Jedi, how he wanted to get rid of the rebellions in one foul swoop in that Mm. Death Star attack in the Battle of Endor. But I just think, like you said, there's all going to be part of Palpatine's, there's all going to be part of Palpatine's plan and grand scheme that he has as far as why he's coming back and then just to hopefully as he's thinking <laughs> to have this be his ultimate victory but um i think we're going to get an explanation for it so i'm not too worried about that either yeah definitely um but yeah so we see that shot of just one star destroyer which we're assuming is going to be just the beginning of a massive imperial fleet then we see what the heroes have to counter that with and uh you know in the um the D23 preview, you know, we had seen a shot of like a few rebel ships or resistance ships, um, you know, a few X-wings and Y-wings and stuff and like a couple cruisers. And I was like, okay, so obviously they've rebuilt their forces, but like, is this it? Cause that's still not a lot. No, this is it. <laughs> this is, we see the millennium Falcon swoop down in front of just an absolute wall of ships. And it's everything like, pretty much any rebel ship you can imagine from a previous star Wars movie, comic, uh, TV series, you name it. I mean, first and foremost, right to our right of the millennium Falcon, you see the ghost, which is pretty awesome. And I, I mean, already it's, it's bigger in the frame than it was in any of the shots we saw in rogue one. And so I'm hoping that maybe in this one, you know, there's going to be, of course, the classic, like, all wings report in, and we're going to see all the different wing commanders and stuff. I would love to see just a quick cameo shot of Hera in the cockpit. Um, maybe Hera and Jason send Yeah, <laughs> Hera and Jason, maybe even throw Chopper in there. That would be so cool to see. But then, I mean, in the background, you've got uh, U-Wings, you've got all kinds of different rebel frigates and transports and stuff. I mean, there's a hammerhead Corvette. There's a, uh, the bunker buster Corvette from the last Jedi. Um, there's the like Nebulon medical frigate. Um, I just noticed for the first time that ship up at the top, I think is, I think they had those ships in rebels, right? Where it's like kind of got the same nose as the, uh, 
the Tantive Four or the blockade runners, but then it's kind of got like the wings that flare out behind it. Like it looks like mm. uh, Sato's command ship from uh, Phoenix Squadron. Yeah, um, right. I mean, there's resistance bombers in there. There's Mon Calamari cruisers. There's just, you know, I, this is, I mean, this almost, this is like their end game moment where everybody's coming out of the portals. Like this mm-hmm. is what they're going to use to counter that massive Imperial fleet. And it's just going to lead to, what I'm hoping and assuming is going to be the biggest space battle we've ever seen in star Wars, just in terms of scope and scale. And I mean, it's hard to tell if this is in space or an atmosphere over a planet, regardless, it's just going to be a massive ship to ship clash. And I can't wait to see how this all plays out. And I hope, I mean, this is just a really cool shot right here of the millennium Falcon swooping down in front, but I hope there's like just the, epic dramatic scene of all these ships one by one coming out of hyperspace with some really amazing just like triumphant music playing behind it mm-hmm. it's an awesome shot maybe not quite as awesome as that star destroyer shot but i'll give the resistance to the rebels and props here because it does look cool but what i love about it most is that the millennium falcon is leading the charge it's mm-hmm. right in front i mean what other ship could be leading <laughs> the resistance slash the rebels here in this a ultimate space runner no <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah this, it's just perfect that the falcon it just what i mean this is one of the shots that got teased a little a few hours before the trailer came out it was awesome like, part of me thinks it would have been cool to see it first with the trailer because this would have been another no standout kidding. shot of the entire thing it's just really cool and to me it's the falcon leading the charge the iconic ship of star wars about to go into another space battle. Would it be its final time? I, I doubt it, but if it does, it's going to go out probably in the blaze of glory in this space battle. I mean, it's just going to be incredible to see it in action again amongst this big type of scale of a space battle. They have probably hasn't been through since the return of the, the Battle of Endor and Return of the Jedi. So my only question is, who's going to be flying the Falcon here? Is it going to be Lando and Chewie that we see? Later on, yeah. the, the shot right after this is with Ray, Chewie, Finn, and Poe. I kind of think that's earlier in the movie, probably when they yeah. travel to Pasana mm-hmm. or one of the other new planets. But I don't know. It's probably not going to be Ray since she's going to be probably busy in the final battle with Palpatine and Kylo Ren. But I think it would be cool if it is Lando, though. Just, you know, again, hearkening back to Return of the Jedi, how he was flying the Falcon in that space battle. And to have it have him do it again for this final one i think would be some nice symmetry as well but yeah it's just awesome seeing all these ships but the falcon being the one to lead them all i love it Mm -hmm. i had to step out for a second did you guys talk about the other ships around it besides i mean obviously the ghost to the right you know again it's awesome everyone's already seen that talked about it yeah no i I pointed out like pretty much all the ones that i had spotted what about the Colossus? Someone told me the Colossus was in this. Is that, is that right? From no, it's no, I, I've seen a lot of people talk about it would be cool to see it in there. Uh, but okay, it's, that's what I'm it's okay. as far as I can tell, it's not like there's and I, I have seen a couple people say that they thought it was because off to the right, there's like some tr- there's a triangular ship. But that's that's the front of like the rebel medical frigate. Um, there's nothing in here that's big enough to be the Colossus unless it's like you know, way off in the background somewhere. Totally. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I, th- I'm with you guys or I'm with Tim anyway. I'm not sure if you said this either, Kyle, but yeah, I, I feel that this was, I hate the teaser sh- stuff before like today we have a teaser shot. Oh, why show this? Why just wait for the teaser? It's like literally a couple hours away. Show a shot of like Poe going, 
Freepio. Like, might as well just do that. Like, that's like, who cares about that, right? <laughs> so, anyway, we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, this is, this is, like, I mean, it's a great shot, but why did they play this before? Because wasn't the iceberg shot also in that tr- in that little teaser thing, too? Yeah, see, I knew there was one. Oh, yeah. I saw this. Stupid. Yeah, I saw just the gif of the Falcon of this shot right here, and then I knew there was another teaser. I was like, I probably shouldn't watch that <laughs> i'm gonna say yeah. it. so i didn't see I avo- that. yeah i see and this is the thing guys i and and people i recommend it avoid if you get if you know if people are posting stuff just scroll through it really fast i've been scrolling through it i was spoiled about the ghost but like i didn't know everything else around it because people are circling it and everything and i saw and obviously the the falcons front and center but i just been scrolling past things and i didn't even really see the, the iceberg thing i saw like i just saw the tie fighters kind of swooping in the gif kind of thing that's all I saw, and I'm like, no, oh, no, 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 no. Huh. And thankfully, I, the iceberg was not was not spoiled for me for the most part. So I was very, very excited about that. So, yeah, ready to move on? Yeah, I mean, it did. That didn't bother me too much that they released it ahead of time because it was just a couple shots, and there's still so much in here that we didn't know was coming. But and that also. I mean, I, like, personally, I almost liked that it was released ahead of time because for me, like, the focus was just on that. Whereas in the trailer, it's just kind of like it's an awesome shot, but it's thrown in there with a bunch of other awesome stuff. Where it was when it was just the teaser, it was like they just gave us this, and I was freaking out about just that. And then, you know, was just, you know, even more hyped and anticipating when, uh, when the actual trailer yeah. came out. But, but it's, it's the perfect shot to use right after that amazing one with the Star Destroyer. You're seeing the mm-hmm. Empire, you know, show their might, but then you see the Resistance and the Rebels showing what they got. So it's just a good contrast with both shots back to back. Yeah. And then, like you said, so the next shot is uh, we see Ray and Chewie in the cockpit of the Falcon together, and then um, Finn and Poe and 3PO walk in. Um, again, probably pretty, not. Pretty exciting. Huh? I said pretty exciting. Well, yeah, it is pretty exciting just to see all the heroes together again, um, you know, on the Millennium yeah, Falcon. For the first and, um, time. Yeah. <laughs> true. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, well, I guess technically they were all together in the Falcon at the end of The Last Jedi, but... Um, not in the same shot, though. <laughs> yeah, no, not in the same shot, not all in the cockpit, so, um, yeah, it's Hi, definitely... Hi, I'm meeting you for the first time in Last Jedi at the very end of the movie. Oh, I know. Uh, anyway yeah no it's it's definitely going to be cool to see all of them together as a group and uh see what kind of adventure they go on in the movie um and just seeing you know that group dynamic and uh see them play off of each other that's gonna be cool um and then of course we get a continuing uh a shot of the lightsaber duel between ray and kylo um great shot yeah. yeah just real quick shot but a really great one um you know, it looks like obviously they're going at it really intense. Um, it's just a quick couple of moves, so it's it's hard to even judge like the lightsaber choreography or anything. Um, but just further reinforcing the fact that having a lightsaber duel on the wreckage of the Death Star with water crashing in the background is just going to be a really cool visual. I just hope that they don't stay in the same spot the whole time. Like there's so much ground they could cover and so many different areas that they could go to. Like, I hope it's kind of similar to that Anakin and Obi-Wan fight in revenge of the Sith, like where, you know, the, the fight progresses in a lot of different stages and they really take advantage of the environment and go all over the place. Um, I'd like to kind of see them do the same thing here, probably not have it be as long, but still like, um, you know, I want to see a lot of, movement and have it go to different places and not have them just stand kind of on that one platform or whatever the whole time. Um, but still, I mean, this is just a really cool looking shot here. 
I cannot wait to see this entire lightsaber fight. <laughs> All the quick glimpses we get of it just looks really, really cool. And just the environment that they're on, the way the choreography is, as far as how they're going about this fight, it feels different from their first duel in The Force Awakens. And then I just can't wait to see more of it. So, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where I want to see more of it or wish we got more of it in the trailer. But it's like, eh, better save it for the movie. So I'm OK with just getting a few quick teases of it here and there throughout this trailer. Well, there's a shot coming up that we we don't know where it stands with this shot specifically, Kyle. But I kind of think it's going to be. I, I I hope it's more like you said, but I I don't know. But we'll see. I I kind of think there's there's going to be a little bit more, but I also don't think it's going to be like like a pivotal. I feel this is very much the middle of the film. I kind of get the same feeling. Yeah. Only because we know that Palpatine's coming back. So Kylo Ren is not the the main bad guy of this movie. Right. He may end up being the central character who's pivotal to it all. We don't know. But like Ray is not going to defeat him in a lightsaber duel. And then that's it. You know, so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know where or when exactly that's all going down, but, uh, yeah, I definitely would agree that uh, that's not like the climactic confrontation of the movie. Yeah, I, I kind of think that there is. This is a great this is awesome. And yeah, and I, I but I just don't know how nutty it's going to get right here because Finn's even there being like, Wah! so which we'll get. I'm not sure we got yet or not. But yeah, this. It feels like it's going to be very contained, to be honest. But I'm not. But again, I, I'm very much. I love a very fancy lightsaber fight. Don't get me wrong. I love the Obi Wan Maul stuff. But I also love my favorite lightsaber fight. Still is Empire Strikes Back, and it's not really fancy sword fighting. It's just them talking, and like it's a very emotional fight. I hope yeah, it's going to be even, something like that. But even then that fight has a lot of different stages to it. Like they don't stand there and fight in the carbon freezing chamber the whole time. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm getting at there. Is like I just I don't want it to feel static, um, but I'm sure they will. And like you said, there is something later in the trailer that kind of hints that maybe they'll be moving around a bit. So, um, so then we go from that to a shot, a, a very quick shot of a star destroyer in space, and there's just a big explosion off in the distance. Um, and it's hard to tell what the Star Destroyer is blowing up. But I have a guess that maybe, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, what if that Ice Fortress is like the headquarters of the First Order and Palpatine comes back, raises up his Imperial fleet and blows them up and is like, okay, First Order, you've served your purpose. I'm going to wipe you guys out and I'll take it from here. Um, Man, it's such a quick shot. It's hard for me to tell if that's, an old Imperial Star Destroyer or a First Order Star Destroyer? Yeah, it's and you can't see the full thing. It definitely looks like it could be... You know what? I'm going to say it's an Imperial Star Destroyer. Because hmm. I was kind of thinking of the opposite. What if Kylo you know, learns about the return of Palpatine happening really soon and he tries and he finds out the location of where, you know, what Palpatine needs to come back and he maybe destroys that iceberg location <laughs> knowing that Maybe that's the ultimate spot where Palpatine will return in. So, but he decides to destroy it. But 
kind of like what you're saying too, how you know Palpatine's showing that the First Order is not needed anymore, and he's going to wipe them out real quickly. So, but I do like the idea that it would make sense, even though I'd hate to see it be destroyed because we just talked about how awesome it looks. But if that is indeed that iceberg location being destroyed, either by you know Kylo Ren and the First Order or Palpatine and the Empire. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm looking on Google Images here, and I can't find it. I'm looking to see what the back of a First Order Star Destroyer looks like, um, because from the brief glimpse that we see here of the back of the Star Destroyer, it definitely looks like an Imperial one. But I don't know if the First Order ones look the same way. Um, mm. But anyway, yeah. I mean, obviously, it'll be interesting to see what that that ends up being. Um, I, there's just something to that explosion that looks like it could be like a cloud of ice or something that's exploding, but we really don't see enough of it to be able to tell. Um, but then, uh, we get another brief shot of, uh, looks like just Ray by herself in this little skim speeder skimming over the water towards the wreckage of the Death Star. Um, and it's funny because when I first watched the trailer, I thought maybe that that was the fireball from Star Wars Resistance because it looks pretty similar in design. <laughs> oh, but, Lord. I can see that, but <laughs> but it's oh, it's not of the fireball. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, 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 thought, I thought this could be X wing, the posed X wing, but for whatever reason, and then now now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, never mind, I'm an idiot. Yeah, no, it just looks like this, uh, you know, some kind of speeder craft. Um, Who skim, was again skimming, in the ship with her? I don't I know. Again, no. I I think it might just be Ray, but I like would think I don't maybe know if Finn you too, if you because yeah, of if the you, scene we get later. Well, but see, I think Finn might come by himself later because yeah, there. Okay, so I've got it paused right now, and like at least the frame I'm on, it definitely looks like it's just Ray. Um. But Finn could just be blocked. I mean, he could be in there somewhere. I don't know. But she's heading off towards the wreckage of the Death Star, and that's where we get the rest of Palpatine's line, uh, like you mentioned earlier, Tim, where he says, um, you know, long have I waited, and now your coming together will be your undoing. Um, and yeah, again, just I can't wait to find out what he's up to, what his plan is for all this. Um, and does it even involve the Death Star? Because now that we've seen that throne with the Star Destroyers and everything, I'm what, like, I assumed that the whole reason they were going back to the Death Star wreckage is that that was going to have everything to do with why or how Palpatine was coming back. But now, I mean, maybe Rey and Kylo both have sort of caught wind that Palpatine is still around and they're just going back here looking for answers as to how he died or maybe some information on him or something like that. But I, I actually, I, I've kind of turned uh, or changed my mind on that. I don't think that the death star wreckage is where they're going to confront Palpatine. I think that maybe Ray and Kylo are both coming here uh, for something related to Palpatine. Again, maybe information or secrets or something, and they're going to confront each other and end up fighting here. But I don't think this is where Palpatine is. Mm could be the answer on how to defeat him once and for all. Yeah, exactly. That star record. So, yeah. Mm. Um, mm. And, and then we go from that to uh, the shot of C-3PO with the back of his head open. And uh, the little alien guy, Babu Frick is working on him. and looks like he's kind of rewiring him. Um, and uh, we see kind of all the heroes together in this shot. We see BB-8 and the new droid Dio and Poe and Ray and Finn and Zori Bliss is there with them. Yes, finally. <laughs> um, yeah, we finally get a good look at her in the trailers. 
Um, she looks awesome. I mean, we've seen images of her, or just seen an actual. She looks so good. Yeah. She. What she, was that, Paul? What was that? Oh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, she does look really. I'm just. Cool. I'm just kidding. Yeah, she looks great. I think. I actually think she looks really cool. It's a good. This is this is a great example of a not hearkening back to the. Like again, I like Phasma, but obviously she's a based off a of stormtrooper. This is a very original, yeah. new sequel trilogy design that actually looks Star Wars to me, and does not look like it's a, it's it came from a someone who saw the original trilogy and that's it, and then was like, I have a cool idea. This this feels really really uh, perfect Star Wars to me, like yeah, a good blend uh, of prequel and original. Yeah, like I feel like it as looks as Ness's design was. Like something totally cool and unique, but still felt like Star Wars too. So just another cool addition as far as the cool looking helmeted characters that just becoming so many now in Star Wars, which I love. <laughs> yeah, and I think like just based on the look of like the visor on the helmet, I feel like you could look at that and recognize like, oh, that's probably from the same universe or the same movie series as that Boba Fett guy. But it doesn't look like, oh, they just tried to make another Boba Fett. You know, like it's it's a little well bit it's yeah. a little bit evocative of that, but definitely feels unique. And you know, she's not wearing Mandalorian armor or anything. I think her whole outfit is cool, not just her helmet. So yeah, um, yeah, I can't wait to see uh, more about you know her role and and how she's going to fit into the story. Um, but they're all sitting here looking at three PO, and Poe says, uh, "What are you doing there, three PO?" And three uh, PO says, "Taking one last look, sir, at my friends." Um, and that's kind of like the sad emotional moment of the trailer that I don't think any of us expected to come from C three PO. Um, also, cool little touch. There's a battle droid behind him. Yeah, in Babu Frick's workshop. Um, so that's a cool little Easter egg. But um, I know there's been a lot of theories and speculation and stuff as far as what's going on here with three PO and like, is he about to make some sort of self sacrifice? And people are thinking maybe he's wiring for some sort of self destruct sequence or something. Um, and, you know, he's going to sacrifice himself for the resistance or something. I still think my theory on this is especially because we know that Babu Frick is a guy like he works on machines and droids and stuff and is like a slicer or something like that. Um, I think the reason 3PO is saying that he's saying goodbye to his friends. And again, this ties into like the leaked imagery that we saw of him with the bowcaster and all that kind of stuff. I think he's getting some sort of memory wipe slash upgrade slash reprogram that he's going to like reprogram himself into a combat droid or something like that to help the resistance. Like maybe, you know, they're gearing up for this last stand against the first order. And he's like, you know what? Nobody's got any use for a translator. And I just want to do something useful to help my friends. And so I'm going to, you know, make myself useful in battle, but maybe it's going to cost him his memory um, and he's not going to recognize them. And it's going to be sort of like the death of the C-3PO that we know. Um, I also think it would be very in character, though, that, you know, even though in the trailer it's emotional, that maybe this is going to end up being played for laughs and maybe 3PO is going to be over dramatic. And he thinks this is the end of C-3PO as we know it. But he can easily just be reverted back later, yeah. or maybe they are able to save him or something. So, you know, maybe this is just him being his typical worrying self, thinking, oh, I'm never going to see anybody again. I kind of thought the same thing. And, and for people who don't know, I'm a giant C3PO fan. And I'm not saying that as a, a to be funny, I'm being serious. I grew up loving R2 and 3PO, mainly 3PO, but I love the droids. They were my favorite part. And for whatever reason, I just always loved 3PO. And and this was kind of a weird thing for me because if this really is the end of the saga, 
um, I, you know, the droids sacrificing themselves would be, would almost hit me harder than Luke because Luke can be a force ghost. But if, again, if 3PO sacrificed himself to be a battle droid, like, let's say, let's say, let's assume that he is doing that. Like he's going to get in a battle or battle grade or battle mode upgrade or whatever. I feel like they're going to kill him off for sure then because it just seems right. If he, especially if he's saying goodbye to your friends, I feel like, yeah, this is the end. And you know what? I hate to say it. I'm okay with it. And I'm a giant 3PO fan. I'd be really emotional about it, but I don't know. The, the fact that what's played really well right here is R2's reaction. And with the music, I'm like, oh man, that hits me because R2's freaking out. Mm-hmm. But the way that the way it's shot, I don't know if that's exactly I don't think they're related directly. If that makes any sense. Like, meaning I think yeah. this is in the same area, but it's not after he says that R2 flips out. I think it's I think it's probably they're asking 3PO to do something, and then R2's like, no, 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 don't do it. And he's like, I'm going to do it. And he's freaking out. I think that's what's going what, yeah, to what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. So, but again, it, it still plays the heartstrings. And I'm like, oh, because, uh, you know, it's it's brutal. But this is this is good stuff. This is where the, emo- again, this is the, the emotional heart of, the, of this trailer. This is the, you know, it's true, all of it. The, you know, the dark side, mm-hmm. the Jedi. It's true. All of it. That's this is that part of the trailer and it works. It hits because, you know, because whether you love feel or you're indifferent about him, he's integral to the whole saga. Him and R2 both are, regardless of how they treated R2 in this sequel trilogy, which has been criminal, in my opinion. But regardless, 3PO has been pretty prevalent throughout. And now he very well could be getting a send off. And if this is truly the last of the of the saga and. You know, it's uh, it's crazy. So yeah, I I, I love this, and I'm very because three PO has always been one of my favorite characters, and the fact that he's gonna get a little bit of limelight in this, it's very interesting to me. I'm like, okay, and obviously, like he plays a big deal. Like there's there's something going on with him, and yeah, I'm excited to see what uh, what, what what that all means. Yeah, this was the last thing I was expecting to get in this trailer. Um, cause most of the trailers aren't super emotional. We will just some of that, you know, touch on the nostalgia strings a bit, like in the force awakens, like Chewie, we're home and, you know, it's true all of it. Like you mentioned, Paul, but this one just got hit you straight in the feels, man. but to come from three PO two of all characters, but yet it fits perfectly because like you said, he is the one who's been, him and R2 been through it all in the course of the entire saga. And I've seen a few complaints about, him saying, you know, goodbye to my friends when he's barely known Ray, Poe, and Finn. Uh, he probably known Poe for a while, but I just think it's more symbolic than that. He knows, you know, through those three main characters, because they're really all that's left of his connections to, you know, the main characters he was close with, Luke, Han, and Leia. And we don't know Leia's status yet here at this point of the film, but he could be in turn saying goodbye to all of them here as well, because these are the characters who, you know, who's been touched by Han, Luke, and Leia. Next, like they're like the next and like the next generation that we, of course, know they are for these for the sequel trilogy. And so, him in turn saying goodbye to them is saying goodbye to Han, Luke, and Leia here. And it's just to me that's why it's not a big deal. Where the fact that he hasn't known them for too long, it still has that same effect to me. Where it's more symbolic, where he really is saying goodbye to. Um, his friends that yeah. so long through them and it just works mm-hmm. so well and i still think though 
that as far as whatever procedure he's going through here, I just think that him with the red eyes and him using the bowcaster, I still think that's a side effect. I think he's going through this to accomplish something else. We don't know exactly what. Maybe they are searching from some hidden memories in his archive, in his data bank. Like I said before, I think it'd be awesome if he got his uh, memory back from the prequel trilogy. Maybe that's still the case, but it, it goes wrong. And even though to do that, he knows there's a great risk where to get that information, he might lose um, everything else. Maybe his his programming that he has now that gives him the personality of the 3PO that we all know and love. And that's going to be gone away. But something goes wrong and then he turns into, he gets the red eyes. He turns into, you know, the commando 3PO or so we think that's going to happen. But I don't know. But we'll see what happens. But I don't think it's going to affect this how moving this scene is and hearing him say that say goodbye mm-hmm. to his friends and you know in a way that only anthony daniels can do uh-huh. in the voice that he has with as 3po so yeah like i said i wasn't expecting to get a moment like this in the trailer but it's definitely one of the more powerful moments in any of the star wars trailer i will see i will say especially with this you know being the final one of the saga so yeah it definitely you know pulled on the heartstrings a bit for i'm sure every star wars fan who was watching it yeah, definitely. And I mean, for me, I know, Paul, you were saying that 3PO is one of your favorite characters. Like, for me, he's never been one of my favorites. Like, and I don't dislike the character by any stretch. It's just no, like... No, I get you, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's never been one of my personal favorites. But then to have an emotional moment like this where he's saying goodbye to his friends, you know, then it's kind of like, oh, not 3PO. Like, it's... because yeah. I, I think because he's just one of those characters that's always been there. But like, because he's never been one of my favorites like he's also never a character that i ever was like afraid to lose or even thought about like what if they killed off 3po i'm like they wouldn't do that because r2 and 3po are just always there in star wars um yeah and so i mean that definitely like hit me right in the feels too um but then what really hit me in the feels is when they like from that moment on uh the music that kicks in is just this swelling rousing emotional rendition of the main star wars theme that is probably my favorite music in a trailer ever like and i can't watch the like i've watched this trailer so many times between today and last night and i just get a huge grin on my face every time with the entire trailer but especially when this music kicks in it's just so beautiful and from that point to the end of the trailer um it's just like I really I think this is my favorite aspect of it, to be honest. I mean, there's so many cool shots and stuff in here. But the one thing that really stands out and just makes me love this trailer as a whole is the music. And it's perfectly fitting for the trailer for the movie that's going to be the end of the Skywalker saga. Um, you know, it makes the the trailer itself kind of feel not just about episode nine, but like, even though all the footage is from episode nine and it's not like the D 23 teaser where it kind of recaps the entire saga. Like I think the music itself and even just some of the imagery of like space battles and lightsaber fights just makes it feel like, even though this is just about episode nine, the whole thing really feels like a love letter to star Wars in general and to the entire star Wars saga. Um, and so I can't wait to see, like, I hope the movie evokes that same feeling, um, but the trailer certainly did that for me and the music in particular. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> I mean, it just perfectly yeah. captures that without, like you said, not showing scenes from the other films, which I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't gotten a trailer like that for episode nine. I mean, we got the D 23 footage that starts with showing, you know, all the films in the order that they were released. But I th- 
kind of thought we would get something more in the veins of the Revenge of the Sith first teaser trailer, where it starts with Obi-Wan talking about, you know, the, before the Dark Times, before the Empire, that it transitions to seeing, you know, Anakin turning to the dark side. Kind of thought we'd maybe get something like that, but, you know, kind of hearkening back and reminiscing about so maybe someone has a bit of dialogue here and there about an event that happens from any of the previous eight movies. But regardless, even though we didn't get that, what you said this perfectly, you know, you said it perfectly where this trailer does that without showing it <laughs> with, you know, the the characters it focuses on, like with 3PO saying that dialogue and like what you said with the music, it just all goes together perfectly to invoke those feelings of, you know, thinking about, about the old movies and just the saga in general. It's just very well done. Yes. Um, and then, of course, every Star Wars trailer, you know, it's got to have the This Christmas in there. Um, <laughs> in case you forgot when it's coming out. And then, again, I just love this shot, too. Again, as that music is playing and you just get this uh, this cool heroic action shot of uh, Finn and Poe and Chewbacca running down a hallway together. What looks like inside either a First Order base or inside a First Order Star Destroyer and just dropping stormtroopers left and right. They're all firing their blasters. Um, and yeah, again, it, I, like I said, it's hard to tell because all we can see is that this is an interior space. And so I don't know if this is a, a base or a ship yeah. or something. Um, so it's hard to tell like what part of the movie this takes place at. Yeah, heck, you know what? Maybe this could also possibly be the beginning of the movie. Cause like I said, every star Wars movie usually starts with a ship, uh, you know, coming down in front of the camera, but it could be a ship flying towards a planet or it could be starting with a sequence in space. Maybe the first thing that we're going to see is like Finn and Poe and Chewie pulling off a heist where they're stealing some supplies or something from the first order. Yeah. And then they go to meet up with Ray on the planet that she's training on. Yeah, I think that could be really cool. Actually. Now that I think about it, I could totally see it playing out like that. But it is a cool little sequence that we got here. I mean, we're we're used to shootouts in Star Wars, kind of just you know you got one side hiding behind some cover, taking out stormtroopers. But I just love how it's Finn, Poe, and Chewie—they're just going all out, just running through the stormtroopers that they come across and just mowing them down. It's something a little different for a, a shootout sequence in Star Wars that we don't see too much of. So I'm sure Chewie's providing most of the cover in the back with his powerful bowcasters. <laughs> it's going to be great to see it in action again, but. I just like how it was shot and just seeing them running across you know, this hall here and Finn's jumping over dead bodies of stormtroopers while the other shoot. So just a cool little tease we got of the sequence, which hopefully is a cool action uh, beat yeah, for the yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I'm going to go with that as my prediction now. I hope that's the way the movie starts off because that would be a lot of fun. I mean, one of my favorite scenes in The Force Awakens is uh, when Finn and Poe steal the TIE fighter together. And seeing them yeah. you know, taking out the cannons on the Star Destroyer as they're just cheering. And, you know, they just met each other and yet they're so, you know, they've got such great chemistry together. So um, seeing the two of them in an action scene together with Chewie in there um, is, you know, going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see that. Um, and then we get the shot of uh, Ray and uh, Leia hugging, which, of course, we've seen before. Um, but... Uh, you know, again, just nice to, of course, see Carrie Fisher. You know, we had to see her in here somewhere, even if it's footage we've seen before. Um, but I love the voiceover here where it's uh, it's Luke's uh, dialogue saying confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Um, and then a couple shots later, he says, your destiny, um, 
just kind of reinforcing again that legacy that's been passed on to Ray. I'm assuming he's talking to Ray. I actually have heard an interesting theory from some people that maybe he's talking to Kylo Ren there. Um, yeah, I've seen that too. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, again, just at least for now, the way that the trailer plays it, uh, it really makes it seem like he's ta- makes it seem like he's talking to Ray, and it goes along with the dialogue from the first trailer where he says, "You know, a thousand generations live in you now." But also, I'm sure she's you know, scared. Like she's the last Jedi. Um, she's got, you know, no one there to help her. I mean, she's got Luke's force ghost that she can talk to. She's got the ancient Jedi texts, but, um, she's going up against Kylo Ren in the first order. And who knows by this point, if she's already found out about Palpatine or not. Um, and you know, Luke just being there to tell her like, Hey, look, I've been there. Like I had to fight Darth Vader and it's, uh, you know, it was scary. I was afraid, but, uh, confronting and overcoming your fear. That's what a Jedi is all about. And then Yoda comes in and chimes some wisdom, Obi-Wan, then the last Anakin comes in <laughs> and says some words of wisdom to set her on her path. But, you know, I'd be okay with that. We're wishing that's going to be the case. So. <laughs> it did make me think of one thing, though, how, you know, we've been speculating about the rise of Skywalker, the title, what it could mean. And, you know, one of the theories that we've talked about and one of the ones I was clinging on to is how, you know, the Skywalker maybe being the new role for the Jedi or the new Jedi. They're not going to be called Jedi anymore. But, you know, hearing Luke say that, still referring to, you know, Rey as a Jedi, kind of making me go back on that a little bit, thinking how it could be something else where the Jedi are still going to be the Jedi, where Rey's going to, you know, be the first of a new generation of Jedi, but they're not going to change the name to Skywalker or Skywalkers. But, you know, that maybe that is the case, but I still think the way that Luke's talking to her and saying, you know, to face fear is, you know, the path of a Jedi, you know, it's still bringing home that point that, you know, she is still continuing on the Jedi legacy and not trying to turn it into something else, but I'm going about it probably a different way, but still, you know, they will be the Jedi in the galaxy by the time this is over. I'm still kind of leaning towards that now, as far as, you know, the rise of Skywalker possibly not meaning that as far as a new order being established, that it will still be the Jedi. So I don't know. Just that was the one thing I thought of when I heard Luke say that dialogue before, uh, as well as you, just you know. I'm sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Bob. No, I, I'm. I apologize. I didn't mean to interrupt. Okay. What do you? Th- but you think? Well, I think what you were saying was you think the Skywalker title could still be something in in the Je- within the Jedi is what you were saying, correct? Possibly, but I'm kind of lessening my <laughs> or clinging to that theory now. I mean, I remember you talking about before how Skywalker could be, you know, a, like the ultimate title of like instead of a Jedi Master, you're a Skywalker or the leader of the Order is a Skywalker. So maybe that could still be the case. But before, you know, going into when we first got the title, the possibility of Skywalker being the new name of the Jedi was a big possibility to me. But um, I don't see that as the case anymore with the way Luke's referring to Rey as a yeah. Jedi, what it means to be a Jedi here. I never, I never thought that was going to be, that seemed reasonable just because of the, I think if you were doing, um, like it was straight up comic books, like our background, Tim, that's like, if this was like, if this were a a comic book, I feel that would be more of a possibility because it's, it's a Jedi is like a household, a household name. There's no way they're going to do that. I do think there's still a chance that Skywalker name could be out there in some kind of. It will mean something, 
And I, I wouldn't be surprised if it would be a title within the Jedi Order of some sorts, or if Ray is is takes on that name herself. I, I really think it's still a possibility. I don't think she's related yeah. by blood to anybody, but I think there's still something there to that. And I think a balancer, something like that, being a Skywalker, because again, it's got. I mean, again, I, we don't. The title's got to mean something, and. And even Daisy Ridley herself said at the very end, you'll, you'll, it'll make sense. So I feel that it's the Skywalker name has to rise somehow, uh-huh. whether and obviously, it, and I don't, and this is where the one thing I will say that I'm worried about, it, it, I don't want it to be a cop out where like the ghost of Anakin and ghost of Luke show up at the very end and be like, we're going to fight you ghost to ghost. And then that's, that's what ends up happening. That, feels very i don't know that is i, I mean that i feel like i feel that's gonna happen i and i know i've, I've stayed away from spoilers and if, if that's out there i apologize but i that if, if that seems so obvious to me and yeah i, I think not, they're gonna be in it but i don't think they're gonna come back and fight palpatine like i don't know because like you said i think yeah. that i think that does seem like a cop-out and as much as there are probably some people who would love to see that i don't uh, like Especially with J.J. Abrams yeah. directing it, and he's the one who started this story and helped come up with these new characters. Like, it's supposed to be like this is Ray's story now. That's what Luke says, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and that's why if you look, go back to the very first trailer we're at Celebration, which is a great trailer, and that that's what got me back onto the saga films. That trailer alone, and and it's been non, you know, I've been stoked for Rise of Skywalker ever since. It, you know, the fact that Luke says, this is your fight now. And this is, so to me, the if, if you have the Skywalker, the Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, telling the new protagonist, this is your fight now. And the title's called The Rise of Skywalker or Rise, is it The, is it the Rise, right? Yeah, The, the Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, if it's called The Rise of Skywalker and you have a Skywalker telling the protagonist that's not, but as we know it, a blood related person to a Skywalker is called the rise of Skywalker. It, it, it there's gotta be a significant meaning to that. So I feel the ghost thing is a cop out and I don't, and like you said, Kyle, it doesn't make sense when Luke's already telling the audience and Ray, this is your fight now. So I, I feel like there's going to be more to it. And I, I don't think it's going to, I don't, I think that would be, would have been interesting to change the whole name of Skywalkers, but I think the title is, or the name is going to be something. I don't know what that is, but it's yeah. going to be something. And I also don't think it's out of the question that Ray, that we could find out that Ray is a Skywalker, or that Kylo Ren is the one to be redeemed, and maybe he defeats Palpatine, and it's talking about him sort of redeeming the Skywalker legacy. I mean, there's still a lot of different ways they could go with it. Um, but regardless, I mean, yeah, like you said, like the the trailer didn't really hint at any of that or i mean again aside from this thing of just luke talking to ray about being a jedi um there's not really anything in the trailer to go on as far as like what the the rise of skywalker means and like i almost kind of forgot about that as far as like things that i'm anticipating in the movie or things that i'm speculating about because again this doesn't really give you anything to go off of or doesn't really tease you in that regard and then you get to the end and it's like Oh yeah, and the title is The Rise of Skywalker and we still have no idea what that means either. So that's just one more thing that I uh, am looking forward to finding out when the movie comes out. Yeah, and I apologize for a little rant there, but this is 
And again, I'm just curious. I mean, I, if this is going to be the end of this, and that to me is why I'm fine. Cause I always thought the saga should go on forever. Could because I come from comic books, right? That's my background. That's Tim's background. And, Batman, Spider-Man, X-Men, Avengers, they've been going on for forever. There's never going to be an end. And there's always going to be a Captain America. There's always going to be, you know. So I feel that because Star Wars kind of was birthed from the serialized storytelling, I always thought that the saga should go on forever, kind of like the EU did. Now, there's pros and cons to that. And I feel that if they're going to end it, what better way than if they're not going to continue the, the line by legacy, by by blood, or they have the name keep going, like Ray adopts the name or whatever, like as her own last name, which again, and some people are anti that. They, they love Ray Rando. I'm not the biggest fan of Ray Rando, but I will say this. If the name Skywalker becomes a term or it means something in the Jedi ranks of, or, you know, at least something like that, that to me justifies ending the saga and thus when we get stories set after the rise of skywalker which we will eventually at some point in our lives it'll make sense and it'll harken back to these this original saga because think about this and just hear me out and we'll move on i apologize for, thank you for letting me have a little a little bit of this but basically think about this let's say 15 years from now long time right we're all old and I, and I'm pretty much on my deathbed at this point. That's what I feel like, but, uh, I hope not, but that's what it feels like. I will be no, but let's say that in 15 years from now we get, um, we're getting stories and let's assume that I'm right or that the Skywalker name will, will live on within the Jedi ranks as a, a term of a balancer. Like, you know, not, not shaman's not the right word, but something like that. Like, right. Like there's like a, a medicine healer in, in different, like these different, like sects of different things. But Skywalker means something within the Jedi ranks. And what if the next story is about something completely different from everything that we know from the Skywalker saga or whatever, but there's a character in the movie. That's a new character. We don't know because it's set a hundred years in the future or, or hundred years later from, from this or 50 years or whatever. And one of the characters is a title is a Skywalker. And it's not like, Hey, we're Skywalker. It's a main character. Well, no, no, no. What if it's just like a very, like it's a, it's a, a supporting character, but the title that person has is, is a Jedi and it's a Skywalker. Think of the East. This, this, that idea of that just makes me smile because again, you see the importance of the Skywalker saga impacting the story down the line, not necessarily as a, big deal but it's the but it's because it's seen it's a ramifications from these previous films are being felt in that and you see the result of that that does that make sense seeing the results of that literally from that would be just an awesome thing and having that title that name still prevalent not by blood but but something significant still within the star wars saga down the line would be radical that's just me yeah, yeah I, that would be something that's held in such high regard too. Where if exactly, you have that yeah, Skywalker. I mean, that's something special and so rare that not anyone could, you know, achieve. Exactly, Tim. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think that could be cool. Um, I I wonder from a filmmaking standpoint if they would maybe think that you know that would be too confusing for audiences like our general audience is going to pick up on the fact that oh now skywalker is just a title or are they going to just assume that this is luke skywalker's great great grandchild or something like that or people going oh wait i thought you said the skywalker saga was over so um well, it's kind I of mean, up to the rise of skywalker to do it, that it, well yeah yeah well yeah well, exactly. but, but again it, i mean the, i mean to me 
I have I have a lot of different thoughts on that and stuff. And at one point, I was kind of on the same page with you, Paul, thinking like, oh, maybe it's going to just be a title. Um, but I don't know. I also, like I said, that that kind of slipped from my mind, and I wasn't even thinking about that as I was thinking about all the other stuff in this trailer. And then I was like, oh, yeah, we got to find that out too. So, um, again, I, I think you could be right. It could be the rise of Scott, of the Skywalker as a title. It could be that we find out Ray is a Skywalker. It could be we find out... You know, again, Kylo Ren uh, is redeemed and sort of he's a solo. Uh, closes out he's that bloodline. Well, he's still part of the Skywalker family tree, though. Or it could be Luke or Anakin coming Talk back. Talk about or, confusing. Or it, it could Hold be on. it could be Anakin or Luke coming back or whatever. But if if um, if you if you think that, hold on if you think the general I'm not trying to be rude here, but if you think the general audience couldn't handle the fact that like Skywalker is now a title, but yet they can handle. So like, Kylo Ren's a Skywalker. They'd be like, huh, he's not a Skywalker, he's a Solo. Like, people are going to be all confused about that. So, yeah, but we all know he's Darth Vader's grandson. Yeah, but not everyone's going to be like, they're not, trust me, dude. If they, if they can't handle that, they can't, if they can't watch The Rise of Skywalker, and if it was revealed that it was a, a title, a transition to a title, but yet they can get the fact that this guy named Kylo Ren named Ben Solo's a Skywalker, and that's what the whole movie's about it's going to blow everyone's mind in a, in a way where they well, don't get it. This is, that's stupid. Like, I feel like we get it. Yeah, that makes sense. But that isn't, that just seems weird to me. That's, that's, that's why I'm saying it, it would be weird to me. The name of Skywalker has to be mean something. That's why. even with Oh ben yeah, of Solo, course it's going to mean something. And I'm just throwing ideas out there. I'm not saying that well, I, I think that that's going to happen with Kylo Ren. Um, but anyway, let's, is, let's keep going. Yeah, we, we still got a lot of trailer to get great. to. Yeah, this is this is the stuff I love. But anyway, yes, continue. Um, and so again, yeah, Luke says it's the destiny of the Jedi or confronting fear. Um, we see uh, a few shots that seems like it's it's from that same scene that we saw in the first trailer where they're like on the speeder getting chased by the First Order. Uh, we see BB-8 in this little basket thing. Um, and then he like, I don't know, hits a trigger or something and it shoots up some smoke bomb. And I think it's uh, in a skiff, Kyle. Yeah, what a skiff, speed, or whatever you want to call it. You call them a basket. You said it was a basket. Those well, no, I'm saying don't have jets and fins. Well, no, no, I'm just saying that the BB, like the close-up shot of BB-8, it looks like he's in a little cage or something. Obviously, he's on the skiff. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just giving you a hard time. See, that Sorry. reminded me of just like them of Luke. Han, Chewie, and R2 and 3PO trapped in the Ewok net. <laughs> I know he's not yeah. trapped, yeah, but that yeah. shot of BB-8 there looks like reminded me of that, but. Um, but then, yeah, we see another shot of like that speeder chase where they're on some big skiff thing getting chased by first order troopers. Uh, looks like there's a couple of the jet troopers in the air. And then there's also at least one on the ground on a speeder bike. Um, and BB-8 shooting off some little like smoke bomb firework kind of things, just trying to distract them or get them off their tail. Um, and again, I think that's going to be, that that's going to be like a really cool, like, visual sequence and probably just a fun little chase sequence with a lot of, uh, you know, cool kind of visual elements that we haven't really seen before. Um, and then, uh, you know, so they shoot that explosion off and Finn's cheering as they fly by. So maybe some stormtroopers are going to fly through that and crash or, you know, they'll, they'll get away from them or something like that. Of course they will. <laughs> hey, you know, what? your emperor's coming back. You can't expect too much of the stormtroopers. They should be reinvigorated with their emperor returning and not crashing into things. Reinvigorated. <laughs> wow. 
Well, hey, those are still First Order Stormtroopers, not Imperial Stormtroopers, as far as we know. Only Imperial Stormtroopers can be this precise. <laughs> yeah, that precisely fly into walls. Yeah, I think you're thinking of clone troopers there, Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe he still thinks that's they're all clones. That's a good point. That, yeah, that's a good point. That's actually... Dude, that's a great explanation for canon. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, he... Yeah. I mean, yeah, he has... All he knows, the clone troopers, you know... Trans or transition into stormtroopers, and you know, <laughs> some of them could probably still be remaining, but you know, that's sadly that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, we go from that shot of uh, of Finn and Poe cheering to Lando and Chewie in the cockpit of the Falcon, and Lando's like cheering and laughing, and this looks like it's you know probably going to be like a, a cool moment from that space battle. Um, yeah. And again, like our first real good look at Lando in this trailer. Again, we've seen shots previously of him and Chewie and the Falcon together, but it's just going to be cool seeing him come back again. Yeah. No, I agree. He's, he's, he's probably not going to move much except for walking around the Falcon and going, ah! <laughs> hey, if you're not going to be able to move much, what's better better spot to be in than the cockpit of the Falcon? Hey, exactly. You're not, yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah, I definitely don't expect to see Lando running around and shooting stormtroopers with a blaster and stuff. But I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, they got to have somebody cool. to pilot the Falcon. So that's going to be fun to see. Um, and then, I mean, Paul, have you have you recovered from this shot yet? Yeah, this is um, wow. Oh, finally seeing Y wings in action. Yeah, we because get, you don't really. And, and not just in action, but this it's like a hero shot of a Y-Wing front and center. I wonder if there's going to be anybody we know, like Snap Wexley or somebody, like piloting this Y-Wing. Because it's like, I, mean, we, I don't think we've ever seen this much of like a focused like hero shot on a Y-Wing before. And this thing kind of flies into frame, does a barrel roll, takes out like two TIE fighters. And it looks like it's flying towards a cannon on the bottom of a Star Destroyer. So maybe it's going to try to take that out, but we don't uh, see that yet. Yeah, this this is a great shot because in the in the original trilogy, we don't really see Y wings do too much. There's like only a couple. Even I think it's mainly Return of the Jedi. We actually see a Y wing actually do some damage on on like one Tie Fighter. Like it's one like spotlight, and it's very like towards the or it's very much in the very bottom of the screen kind of thing. And um, you can blink and you miss that he actually fired. They actually fired on someone and killed the. Tie Fighter, whereas in Rogue One you have them actually do what they do in the the video games and bomb pretty much finally or in whatever. It, besides just trying to go on the trench run, and this is actually them showing what they can do. And obviously the the guy on from Lucasfilm said this is kind of a play off of the Ralph McQuarrie thing, which is a beautiful shot. This is beautiful and seeing my Y wings and all gl the glory and that's three. Hey guys, it's three generational battles the Y wings have survived in. How many have X-Wings been in? Oh, only two. My bad. So, yeah. <laughs> how, many how many Death Stars have X-Wings blown up to? Doesn't matter, dude. These are freaking like, these are the, the, the Cadillacs of the freaking galaxy as far as I'm concerned. So, <laughs> anyway, you can't, you know, they say that the classics never go out of style. And they don't. So, anyway, um, yeah. This is a uh, this is brilliant. This is a, it's, this is a great special effect shot. This is, talk about a space battle we've already seen again we, we all complained about star killer and all that stuff it's kind of like Meh. this seems very different this seems straight up war and oh, yeah. 
and I love it. And seeing the Y-Wing front and center, give it to me. Yeah, on a, on a, a pretty old Star Destroyer, for no, no, you know, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, again, the fact that we're seeing, you know, it's the last movie of the Skywalker saga, and we're seeing a Y-Wing take on an Imperial Star Destroyer, like, you would think I'd be rolling my eyes going, oh my gosh, we still can't get any new ships, but, like, I'm cool with it. I think this looks pretty dang awesome, and I'm just excited to see, like, the huge fleet of Resistance ships come together. Um, but also, yeah, like you said, this is just kind of a, a cool choreographed space shot, just the way it kind of does the spin and takes out the two TIE fighters. But when I watched this for the first time, I, I immediately thought of you when I saw this, Paul. I was like, oh, Paul's going to be happy. A Y-Wing finally gets a moment to shine. Yeah, this is a great well, shot. I'm... But I really hope we get shots like this with B-Wings doing some damage. I think we if... might. I mean, there's if... a shot of a B-Wing later in the trailer. It's not as focused, but it's probably a, the mm. best shot of a B-Wing that we've ever gotten in a Star Wars movie, You're to be right. honest. That's why it'd be such a shame that, <laughs> again, they're reduced just to background images of ships. But I'm, I'm pretty confident that they're going to give each ship its due in this space battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Knowing how Agreed. epic it looks, each ship's going to have its moment to shine. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the text comes up saying the saga will end. And then we get a shot that is absolutely insane. It's like <laughs> I the, love this it's shot, the same space battle. <laughs> And it's Finn and Janna and a bunch of other Resistance soldiers riding on Orbacks with BB-8 rolling alongside them. And they're on the <laughs> deck of a Star Destroyer. Like, it's like there's going to be some Resistance ship. I- I'm assuming that there's going to be some Resistance ship that is, you know, like a transport that's carrying all these soldiers. And it's going to, like, drop them off on top of the Star Destroyer in the middle of the battle. And they're thinking, you know, they're probably assuming, oh, these ships are going to be focused on firing their turbo lasers at all the X-Wings and stuff flying around. So they're not going to expect a bunch of foot soldiers on horses to freaking, you know, ram through their hull. And I mean, I I don't know what they're trying to do, but I assume they're maybe either taking out the guns on the surface or they're going to try to get inside the Star Destroyer and take it out somehow. Um or maybe this isn't actually a Star Destroyer. I mean, you can see a Star Destroyer in the background here, and then you can see that they're clearly on some sort of, you know, Imperial war machine. I mean, maybe it's like a, a gun platform or like a station, uh, like a space station or something that they're controlling stuff from. So maybe it's like their headquarters or something. But um, regardless, again, like this is where we're getting new stuff. Like we're getting a space battle with X-Wings and Y-Wings and Star Destroyers, but then people riding horses on top of the Star Destroyers in the middle of all that. Like it's insane and I love it. And again, adding to that space fantasy vibe that I was talking about earlier. Um, It's like a little miniature version of like the Rohirrim charge from Lord of the Rings on top of a Star Destroyer. Yeah, (laughs) I know. This is something really cool about it. Something totally unexpected that I wasn't, you know, thinking we'd see in this trailer because we knew about the space battle, obviously, from the teases we got in the other trailers. But in this one, we're going to see some of it in action. But the fact that we're going to get, you know, a space battle and kind of a ground battle, if I could call it that, but it's all connected into the one massive uh, battle that they're going to have. And I just can't wait to see how it plays out. There's just something really cool visually about seeing these alien horses, the, the Orbag, just charging on a Star Destroyer. I think, I'm pretty sure it's a Star Destroyer. And you just see the turrets blasting behind them. It just looks so crazy and cool. But to be honest, what I think really makes that shot 
is BB-8 just rolling right by all of them. Just whatever BB-8 can do, he's going to do his part in the battle as well, even though he's very small and he's keeping up with the Orbax in there too. But it is really cool, I think, about seeing BB-8 charging into battle with all our other heroes there. It's just really, really cool. I mean, I was just expecting some type of action sequence with the Orbax on, you know, the grass plains that we've seen pictures of. Never in my wildest dreams would I think <laughs> we'd see them riding on top of a Star Destroyer amongst yeah. the space battle that's going on. And I'm kind of wondering, too, because obviously they're not in space at this point, but I'm wondering if this battle we're going to see it like you know, start in the atmosphere of the planet that they're on, and we're seeing the Resistance heroes ride on the Star Destroyers doing what they need to do, and then it's going to transition into space as, I guess, more Star Destroyers rise up. They leave the planet's atmosphere, and that's where we get kind of into the nitty-gritty of the big space battle that we're going to see with all the ships uh, that were that we've seen in other shots of this trailer and the previous one. So there seems to be a few layers into this climactic battle that I wasn't expecting. But I think it's just going to make it that much more awesome. And, you know, because it's cool where it's not going to be that Return of the Jedi feel where you got, you know, the Rebel soldiers on Endor and you got trying to destroy the shield generator and you got the Rebel fleet out in space. This I just like how it just feels more like one big cohesive battle where it's all part of one giant uh, massive battle that they're having instead of two separate ones that, you know, they're connected, obviously. It's all kind of referred to as a battle of Endor, but they're both separate in what the soldiers were doing in those fights in space and then on the planet. But with this one, it's just all encompassing this one big battlefield and you got your soldiers in the air and then you got some on the ground here. And I just can't wait. Who knows what troops on the Imperial side we may see. Maybe this is where the Sith troopers come into play, where they take on the resistance soldiers here. So I think that would be cool. And just so that they're not here riding on, destroying just turrets and, you know, blowing up Star Destroyers. I'm sure that's what some of them are going to do, but I'd like to see them kind of fight uh, some troopers on the other side too, on the Imperial side of things. So we'll see if we get that. But regardless, this was just an awesome visual, some I wasn't expecting. And it just, makes me that much more excited for this climactic battle that we're going to get in this movie. It really, truly feels like it's going to be, you know, it's going to put the wars in Star Wars like no other mm-hmm. sequence. And it just feels so fitting for it to be in the final chapter of the Skywalker saga. So, yeah, it's definitely living up to, you know, the epic feel that a final movie in the Skywalker saga should have. What I think is interesting about the shot that, it's a really dynamic, different thing that we haven't seen in Star Wars yet. But it's also kind of incorporating the aspect of it's machine versus um, or it's that like in that kind of Vietnam feel that we had the when like the Ewoks were kind of represented the, the Vietnam yeah. people and how they when the Americans came in, the Vietnam had the advantage because they had their it was again the determination of the people or whatever kind of what what you know lucas was kind of going for and how yeah like the the that, local natives versus the big technological war machine exactly yeah thank you I wasn't doing a very good job of explaining that i feel that's what we're kind of seeing right here is that with these with these horses and all these people it feels very much like this technological you know monstrosities versus the 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 you know the civilians and that's what this is kind of giving me that impression that it's the same thing and this is like we're having this regular regular people versus the big machinery thing kind of aspect. And I like that a lot. 
and I feel that it's kind of it's not like verbatim, but it's the vibe is there, if that makes any sense. And I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but that's what I feel from this. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I definitely agree that the vibe is there. I think it, they're doing it in a cool new way, because instead of exactly, having yeah. just Ewoks like defeating stormtroopers, I mean, we've never really had a big battle like this with, you know, you still have soldiers with guns and blasters and stuff, but they're charging into battle on these beasts. But, and we knew that they were going to be in here, but like you said, Tim, I never in my wildest dreams thought we'd see them riding into battle on these things on top of a star destroyer in the middle of a, you know, this big battle that's going on with, and I'm assuming, I mean, I, I keep referring to this as a space battle just generically because it's a star Wars battle with ship to ship combat, but this probably is just going to be in the air, above whatever planet Palpatine yeah. is trying to use to stage his comeback, I would assume. Because um, obviously, I mean, it, they'd all be freezing to death if they were in space. They still should be freezing to death technically if they were like, you know, 5,000 or 10,000 feet or whatever up in the air above the surface of a planet. Um, but, I mean, for the sake of the movie, I can suspend my disbelief to believe that, like, at least if they're in the sky, they can be, you know, riding on a, on top of the Star Destroyer. I mean, they're on horses riding on a giant spaceship. Like, you know, I'm not worried too much about the real world physics of it or whatever. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I don't think they're actually, like, out in space. Plus, you see lightning off in the background and stuff. So, yeah, this is probably just in the sky over a planet. Um, but... Uh, so going on from there, like I said, we had the text right before that that said the saga will end, and then it says the story lives forever. Um, and then just a really cool shot following that up where we see Ray and Kylo facing each other with their lightsabers ignited, or at least Ray's got hers ignited. I can't quite tell with Kylo. Um, yeah, I don't think his is. But they're in the wreckage of Palpatine's throne room on the Death Star. You see the throne there. You see the big broken observation window behind him. And it's just going to be so cool to see, I mean, whether they're actually fighting here or whether they're just talking or, again, they're looking for something. But knowing that they're standing in the same spot where Luke and Vader fought um, and just thinking of all the history that that happened here. And, you know, we just did our return of the Jedi commentary. Um, just that imagery is so evocative of, um, you know, all, all that stuff in return of the Jedi. And yet, you know, just seeing it here, just, you know, broken and decrepit and seeing these new characters standing here is just like, I can't wait to find out what role this is going to play in the story, why they're going here. Um, and of course, how Palpatine ties into all of it too. But to just see them standing here in this iconic spot um, is just a really cool visual. Yeah, I mean, it's almost has that same feel of seeing in the first or the second teaser, I should say, the Vader's helmet all charred and ruined. Mm -hmm. It's almost like that on a larger scale because obviously that moment took place here too as well. So it's just really cool visually, and the fact that you know our main protagonists, our main antagonists are in this room again. It's, it's really, really cool. And it just makes me feel like, you know, you can either think this is the start of the battle that we're going to see him on, on the second Death Star with all the waves and the rain coming down on him. But I actually think it might be the end. I feel like their battle leads to this moment where both oh. are trying to get to this point. And this is where, you know, Kylo maybe turns off his lightsaber first but Ray's not willing to just yet. And he gives a long speech and maybe tries to explain certain things and maybe talks about the history of what this room symbolizes. So I just think this is going to be the culmination of the lightsaber fight and just a lot of cool, I think, 
dialogue is going to come from Kylo Ren here and Ray, just knowing where they're at and how significant it is and knowing that Palpatine's looming somewhere. Either he's back already or he hasn't come back yet in the film. But I just have a feeling this is going to be a real important scene, and I just can't wait to hear uh, what both characters are going to say in this monumental, you know, uh, area that we just know and love so much from the original trilogy. It's going to be cool. Yeah, I, I think I completely gonna... agree. I think this is where they're leading up to, or like where they're where they're trying to get to, and they might be like fighting each other as they're both trying to get here. Mm-hmm. I have to think that this might be where they first see each other. And the mm-hmm. scene we see with them, like the rain and fighting outside the Death Star is after this. I feel like they're talking and that's when Ray turn, turns on the lightsaber. And, you know, maybe Kylo Ren's just talking to her like, hey, like this is what's going on. And you've got to come to this. Maybe what if Kylo Ren's trying to warn her about Palpatine? Like there's maybe at this point he realizes what he's gotten in himself in over his head and he realizes and he's trying to recruit her. I, but this is where when you talked about you hope that they're going to be fighting all around it. I think this is where it starts, in my opinion. So we'll yeah, that see could if be I'm too. Because right. I guess it's maybe I, maybe I could see that like if if again if they're both searching for something here, they come you know Ray comes to the throne room and finds that Kylo's already there, and you know it's the first time they that they see each other, and then they that's where they end up starting to fight. Um, because mm-hmm. I do think the shot that we like the first shot that we see of them fighting when he's sort of emerging through that wave, like they've both got their lightsabers ignited, they're both looking really intense. Like, I don't think that's the start of the fight. Like, that looks like you know, maybe they're transitioning to that part. So, I don't know, maybe they could start it here. Yeah, regardless, I'm glad to see that. And I mean, I figured this was going to be the case anyways, but we're going to get to see more areas and more layers to this whole Death Star, uh, scene and confrontation and story arc and all that kind of stuff um and it's not just going to be them fighting outside the whole time but i definitely think like there's going to be some obviously really important reason why they're there in the throne room yeah um and then the next shot after that is you know back outside um again on the same death star wreckage with the water crashing in the background and stuff and it's uh finn running along the top of you know some platform or whatever uh and yelling towards the camera um so that looks like he's gonna be you know so again i think ray's gonna be going there alone at first and then finn's gonna come after her um and you know is maybe trying to to save her or stop her from fighting kylo or whatever the case may be but he's probably gonna interrupt that fight um either interrupt it or just be there to witness the end of it or something um because i mean it looks like he's running up and he's yelling ray and I don't know if he's yeah. he's yelling that to sort of get her attention in the middle of the fight or if it looks like Kylo's about to kill her. And so he's like, Ray, no, like that kind of thing. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good one. It, it's cool that he's there, though. Yeah, um, which I wasn't expecting, but. You know, like we said, the movie's not going to end with just those two characters there, so we'll see where it goes from there. Um, but then the next oh shot boy. is, yeah, here we go. Um, There's a lot to dive in on this one. There is a oh, lot yeah. to to dissect on this one. So this shot, of course, the the next shot after that is the one where we see Ray and Kylo 
facing each other in this chamber that is with his mask. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Kylo with his yeah, mask, mask on. They've both got their lightsabers ignited. They're in this chamber that definitely looks like it's still it's still got that first order aesthetic to it. It's bright white, so it's not like anything any of the other interior areas we've seen so far in this trailer. Um, but it's you know like I said, Ray and Kylo facing each other with their lightsabers, and then something gets destroyed. And now I'm a, when I first watched the trailer. And I think a lot of us had the same reaction. It looks like the two of them are swinging their lightsabers together to destroy this thing. And yes. after backing and after yeah. backing it up and watching it a couple of times, it looks like it's Vader's helmet. And it, but it, it's not just the helmet. It looks like it's either on some sort of podium, or I've even heard some people say that they thought that Kylo like built a whole sculpture out of it with the mask on top, and you know had built like this tribute to Vader that's like some sort of totem or something. Um, yeah, and it's it's clearly that's what's getting destroyed, and I, I definitely agree that that is Vader's helmet. I think where we were wrong in our initial guess, they're not destroying it together. Ray yeah. is destroying this thing. If you watch it, if you if you sort of freeze frame it and you watch it in slow motion, Ray is the only one swinging her lightsaber. If you and Kylo is definitely moving his and he has it raised up, but Ray does this like swing and follow through, whereas Kylo almost looks more like he's flinching, like yeah, like he raised his lightsaber to defend himself, thinking that Ray was going to attack him and she attacks this thing instead. And he kind of just like turned to the side or maybe they were clashing sabers. And then, you know, she she pushed off of his saber to, you know, destroy the mask or something like that. Um, and then right at the end, you see him look and kind of see what she's done. And then he yeah. he, he starts to raise his hand up. To almost be like, you know, like he's about to be really angry, like, oh my gosh, look what you just did. Or he's reaching for it, like, no, you know, and whereas Ray is just kind of like looking like she just did, did the this. thing that she came to do. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah, something yeah, that, exactly. uh, that people pointed out that I didn't notice at first, Ray in her other hand from her lightsaber has a dagger. Yeah, um, I didn't notice that at first either. But <laughs> and I've heard a lot of people speculating is that the dagger from the Mortis arc in Clone Wars. I don't oh, think it is because it doesn't. I wish look, it, was. it doesn't look big <laughs> enough. Um, yeah, but it could just be JJ's interpretation of it. You never know. I mean, maybe this is a place where Kylo well, has collected. Why would she have that? Huh? Why would she have the dagger of Mortis? Oh, I don't know. Again, I don't think... Well, here's the thing, though. This looks like maybe it's Kylo's little collection of, like, relics and things that he's collected, with Vader's mask obviously being, like, the the prized possession of his collection. Um, but I'm assuming that that dagger or whatever it is that Rey is holding is probably something else that she took from there. Um, now what it is or why she took it i have no idea but if it is you know the the dagger from mortis i mean maybe kylo ren or snoke before him tracked that down and had it somewhere um or it could be what she was after on the exactly. death star too could be knowing i wonder 
it what makes more sense that Palpatine would have that dagger than anyone it, else. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And well, I mean, I don't want to, I mean, you can, you know, feel free to speculate on that if you want, Paul. I'm not trying to go too far down that rabbit hole just because I don't think it's the de- the Mortis Dagger, just to no, put that I out there. Either. I'm just saying it, it could be. I don't know if that is going to have a whole lot of significance. Again, it, like, it could be a lightsaber hilt or a, you know, some other kind of artifact. I mean, it's it's hard to tell. It just looks most clearly like a dagger from what we can see. Either way, it's really interesting. This whole shot, it, it, like you said, it's very misleading. It looks like they're they're doing it together, mm-hmm. and I almost feel like they put that shot in there just to kind of kind of mess with us because it is kind of deceiving. But when you're right, when you look at it, it looks like she's like, "Yeah, I did it," and he's like, Rawr! you know." So maybe and, we get a Kylo Ren no moment in this trilogy. <laughs> yeah, like and I'm just like, no. Um, <laughs> But what's what's fascinating, like again, the the thing in her hand, what is it exactly? I don't think it's mortis. I, I I know you didn't think it was mortis either. I think that's a, like a one percent chance. But at the same time, there is something significant about it. She has it in her hand, and she yeah. and she mm-hmm. it's also the fact she destroys the shrine to, to Vader is a big deal. So this is a big thing. Of the think of this metaphorically right here what she's doing if if in fact this is what it is which i think we're all on we're all on the camp about this this is her destroying kylo's world if you think about it this is what kylo lives for is you know i i just watched force awakens yesterday while i was doing a bunch of clean up star wars stuff long story but i remember vividly listening to the interrogation scene between him and Ray. And she's like, you're afraid you won't be as strong as Darth Vader. His whole being is to be as strong and as powerful as Darth Vader. She destroys the world that his whole life is revolving around essentially. Mm -hmm. And that is not, that is not insignificant. That's, this is not a, Hey guys, let's just have a really cool shot where she like takes Vader's shrine from Kylo Ren and destroys it. And like Nina, 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 you know. I mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like this is like a legitimate. She's doing this to to psychologically mess with Kylo Ren. Or to well, help him, though. Yeah, exactly. I don't think she's doing yeah, it no, to mess with him. I think. Yeah. I think it's gonna be. I think helpful. Yeah, yeah, and I think when I saw I, this, when I saw this for the first time. Again, my my incorrect initial assumption was that the two of them were destroying it together. And I immediately thought, okay, so Ray and Kylo are going to end up being allies. He's going to be redeemed. They're destroying Vader's mask together. And it's a symbol of like them coming together and helping Kylo overcome his past demons and stuff. Then I watched it again and saw, okay, no, it's just Ray destroying it. And he's still trying to hold on to that. But regardless of whether he was trying to help destroy it or not the just the destruction of it i think is going to be a symbolic turning point for his character where that is the thing that represents like the dark side's hold on him that's the his sort of his dark side idol that he was holding on to um and maybe this is going to tie into anakin too heck maybe this will be where ray will have a conversation with him and be like this vader that you you know, idolize so much and you want to be like him and finish what he started. He was Anakin Skywalker who was redeemed and became a Jedi. Like I I would assume that Ben Solo knows all this because he trained with Luke, but maybe he doesn't know the whole story. Like maybe Ray is going to tell him this for the first time, or maybe 
then, you know, we'll see Whoa. him have a conversation with Anakin's Force Ghost later on after this. Right, but, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do think, though, that, again, this is going to be a symbolic moment where we start to see the dark side's hold on him slip. What? Okay, I have a couple things that came to me while we're watching this and talking about this. Okay, first thing. I don't think Kylo Ren repairs his helmet until midway through the movie. And this is the last, like, I feel the time that they face off in the Death Star is her, like, re, like again, like, facing Kylo Ren for the first time. They duke it out. They, they both escape. And she's kind of coming to the realization of what needs to happen with Ben. And, and Ben fixes his helmet after, like, maybe Palpatine gets more of a hold on him. And this is like towards the end of the film where this is by this is on the ice planet and they actually fight with the helmet on, which would be awesome. Finally. Right, Tim and Kyle. Oh, like, yes. this would, I mean, like, this finally. one shot gave me more hope of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So think about this. What if that's the case? But what if it's her like trying? This is the, the Luke trying to convert uh, Darth Vader moment of that. And she's like, but the, again, and, and it's a little more it's a little different in Return of the Jedi. But in this she takes this. What if after she destroys this thing and she's trying to talk to him, what if uh, Force Ghost Anakin shows up and explains like he's like Ben, like this is not the way, and, and it's because Anakin. Maybe there's a reason why he didn't show up until now is because of, of the fact that they symbolically destroyed the the shrine of Vader. It's certain, you know, again. It's starting to the ray is that beam of light that's able to the Anakin is able to use and get through to Ben. Maybe maybe that's again the whole light and dark aspect. Yeah, kind of I like thing. that idea mm. because we know there might still be some dark side energy within that helmet because I do believe mm -hmm. that that is a connection for Palpatine coming back and that maybe Kylo couldn't communicate or Anakin couldn't communicate with Kylo because of the presence of that helmet and the dark side there for a reason, you know. Of it, you know, it's kind of a little complicated where you know Vader and Anakin are the same person, but yet they're separated with the light and the dark aspect of it. And maybe since the dark side energy is still within that helmet of Vader, the light side of Anakin's Force Ghost wasn't right. able to communicate with Kylo there. And then that would lead once it's destroyed, like you were saying, would lead into what I think would be a beautiful moment of Anakin showing up talking to Kylo right there, even if he doesn't show right. up, just hearing his voice maybe. To, to yeah. com communalism, I think, would be really, really cool and something special. What about this? Yeah. So, so, so Tim and Kyle, think about this. What? And I'm curious if you guys are gonna, if it's gonna cheapen this at all. But what if the dark side energy is what corrupted Kylo in the first place to kill his father and to be a killer? And what if that is? I mean, does does that hold? Kylo Ren responsible for what he does if he's being corrupted by Palpatine and and the dark side mask. You see, I you know hope I mean? it's not that simple where it's like the shine, the Vader helmet's destroyed and like Kylo Ren's immediately like gains control and comes to the light side again, where it's all because of the helmet. I wouldn't necessarily be on board with that. I like to think of that being a reason, but still, Kylo was in control of his actions for the most part, giving into the dark side. When, okay. as he said, was being torn apart mm -hmm. for a lot of his life. Yeah, no, okay. I, I agree. Like, I think, you know, obviously he idolizes that mask and idolizes Vader and stuff. And maybe there is some dark side energy that's part of it that is 
kind of twisting him or, you know, sort of pushing that along. Um, as like you said, we know that dark side objects can influence people and stuff, but you still have to give into that. You know, like, um, for example, Luke going into the the Dago, the dark side cave on Dagobah and like Yoda tells him, hey, you don't need your weapons. And Luke takes him in there anyways. And he, he cuts the head off the image of Vader. Like the cave didn't make him do anything. Um, and I know, you know, maybe there are some other dark side objects or whatever that can possess people or, or stuff like that. But I think, yeah, I, I like you said, Tim, like I like to think that Kylo was in control of his actions the whole time. Um, but maybe like Palpatine had some influence over that or the dark side had some influence over that, that was kind of making things more difficult or that, you know, made it more alluring to him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that it was just that we're going to find out that, Oh, just because he had the helmet that he was like brainwashed the whole time and didn't actually mean to do any of this. Yeah. I kind of like to think of it as it's more, of Palpatine's more of his grand scheme where he was using Kylo to be obsessed with that Vader helmet, knowing that would be his way yeah. back. Mm-hmm. And that just yeah, played into totally. it. I, and I, I, so this first moving on before we move on. Um, yeah. I, I gotta say that this is, that shot's great. I'm, I can't wait to see what that dagger is. I hope again, I hope that I hope there's, I hope there's meaty stuff in this man. I hope I'm not getting myself worked up for nothing, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I mean, yeah. there's got to be a reason for it. For why can't a, a lightsaber just destroy that? There's got to be a reason for it. Check it at the other yeah. end. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. You, you just you set it up. I had perfectly. to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, to your point though, Paul. Like, we're gonna have two hours and thirty-five minutes of of meaty stuff, hopefully, to get answers to all these things. So. I'm glad that this is going to be the longest Star Wars movie yet um, because we have a lot of questions that need answering. And no matter what the reasoning is behind the shot and, you know, what how the story plays out, it just looks freaking cool seeing Kylo and Rey with their lightsabers and Kylo with his mask and, you know, Invader's helmet's there. It's my favorite shot of the trailer. This just looks so cool and for what it represents as well. Yeah, definitely. Um. So, and then going on from there, we get uh, just another shot of uh, Finn and Poe and 3PO together. Um, looks like they're looking intensely at something. Um, can't really tell what's going on in that scene. Then we get another angle of just all the Resistance fighters on the Orbox riding across the Star Destroyer, which, again, just looks insane. And from this angle, it reminds- know, it's kind of from the back, and so you see them going off sort of off into the distance and then in the background you just see the whole massive fleet and the fighters flying around and stuff and it's just the spectacle of it is nuts yeah this shot reminds me of something you would see in a clone wars episode or rebels where we we have episodes where clone troopers would be fighting out in space on the surface of a ship and now we're seeing something like that in live action and it's just yeah (laughs) or like in rebels when the mandalorians came and like blew up that one ship in thrawn's fleet Mm mm-hmm yeah, this incredible that we're getting something like that in this actual saga film. It just looks cool, so cool. Okay, so Dice, your job is to make a new map in Battlefront <laughs> where people can hey. be running around on the outside of the Star yeah. Destroyer in on Orbox while I'm flying around in the next wing shooting down Tie Fighters. 
we've been wondering what the Rise of Skywalker content would be, you know, once we get to see the film and the battles that we know that take place in it, this seems like the perfect one to include. Now that I think about it, it almost be a shame if it's not what's going to be in the Rise of Skywalker DLC content coming for Battlefront 2, because this obviously is going to be the biggest battle of the film mm-hmm. and possibly of the franchise. So you've got to put that in the game. Yeah, definitely. At least as a Starfighter assault map, if not also incorporating some kind of ground battle. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if they actually put like the mounts in there that you can actually ride on the ore box. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to play Yeah, whatever incarnation of this battle they put in there. I mean, like, yeah, we know that there's going to be at least one map um, or, you know, a new level that we'll be able to play from Rise of Skywalker. So I can't wait to get my hands on that. Um, but then the next shot after this is just a shot of Kylo Ren uh, looking off into the distance at something that we can't see. I mean, it's hard to tell if this is even... Uh, part of the same like the scene with the death star wreckage actually i think it's probably on kajimi or um you know somewhere else because we see again it's got that whole motif going on of just the lightning flashing in the background um and we know from the previous trailer i forget if it was from the first trailer or from the d23 preview where we see kylo leaving his ship on that snow planet so i think maybe that's there um but it's just him kind of looking off camera and then walking away. Um, and then we see Ray facing what we can't exactly see, but from the back, it sure looks like a physically reincarnated Emperor Palpatine. Yes, it is. I mean, and- now, now we don't know for sure. It's somebody in a black robe in some kind of mechanical chair looking thing. I mean, for all we know, it could be Jar Jar Binks, but <laughs> <laughs> all signs point to this is Palpatine. And so this seems to almost certainly confirm that he's not coming back just as a force ghost or just as a hologram recording or a holocron or a force spirit or something. But I mean, whoever is in that hood, in that chair is coming back as a physical presence. And you hear the emperor's laughter over this shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was hoping we'd get a quick shot of Palpatine in this trailer, but the fact that they're still kind of teasing and not showing just yet, I think is just going to make it even better when we see him for the first time in the theater on screen again. Mm -hmm. But I will say, I kind of had mixed feelings when I saw this shot because we see Palpatine sitting on this chair and it's like a mechanical chair, which to me, it almost looks like something he has to sit on in order to survive, kind of like a chair where he just floats around and he's connected to these medical tubes or other stuff that he needs in order to survive now that he's back. And part of me would be a little disappointed if that's how Palpatine is going to be getting around in this movie where he has to stay in this chair and otherwise he die without it. Uh, the other part of me is thinking, but I'm glad it's Palpatine in the flesh and it's not a force ghost because said time and time again how George Lucas has explained that the Sith cannot come back as Force goes. It's something you have to do selflessly that the Jedi can do. So mm-hmm. glad that JJ's following that regards, but I'm not too excited if Palpatine's going to be back and we only see him connected to this chair and he's going to be, you know, a shell of himself that we saw in, you know, Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi. I mean, if Palpatine's back, I want to see him back in full force. So maybe but, this is something... Well, oh, maybe ahead. that's more in line with 
the dark side though and how that kind of stuff works like you mm. cling so desperately to that's a great point your, that Look power in yeah. exactly i was gonna bring up maul you know he managed to cling to life when we thought he was dead and he was demented and had spider legs for the bottom half of his body so maybe that's something similar with palpatine that's a great and we point. don't and we also don't know if he's going towards ready to take her over too and that's why she's stepping back and he's like ah. you know you're going to, I'm going to, you know, going to take your essence and I'm going to become a young man again. And she's like, oh, crap. And then he's coming closer towards her. And that's why. Like, if you look at her, she, she has no weapon, right? She has no lightsaber. Is it? Is her lightsaber? No, it looks like it's on her belt. belt. I think it's there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what is it? Well, I mean, I've bad eyes. Standard. Um, but yeah, that's, but either way, like, there's, there's a, there, I think there's reasons to be afraid still. Because I think... If like like how you said, Kyle, that he's probably he's probably still clinging to life if he is right here, and we don't know. Again, we don't know the whole what the reason is if he is floating here or whatever, and we just don't know. Let's wait and see what we get because, like I said, this could be she may, maybe her her trying to attack him won't really make a difference because she knows that. And this is where I, 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 you know, the dark side energy, if it's already put corrupting someone right there, how is she going to stop it? She can just kill that person with a lightsaber is going to make it, you know, stop. If he's that powerful to escape death, he's just going to escape it again, right? So mm -hmm. there's got to be, there's something to this. And, and that's why if this is going to end the Skywalker saga, there's got to be a, an, an end game with, and again, no, I'm not trying to bring in Marvel here, but there's got to be an end game with the idea of how they're going to stop Palpatine once and yeah. for all. You got to so, know for sure he's not coming back. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you know, obviously, what? maybe they, maybe that is somehow that they could incorporate like the Force ghosts into it. I mean, we know from the Last Jedi, and and I'm not saying this because, like I said earlier, this initially seemed like a cop out to me. So this is not me being a Luke Skywalker fanboy saying, "Oh, I want Luke to come back and save the day." But like, I mean, especially seeing in The Last Jedi how Yoda was still able to like manipulate the force and sort of interact with the physical realm and he called down lightning and he, you know, bopped Luke on the nose with his cane and stuff like maybe we will see something where maybe like Rey has to destroy him physically and at the same time like Luke or Anakin destroys him through the force or something like that. That that would be interesting, but again, yeah. that would that that would be again that would I, I feel that that'd be a cop out for rise of skywalker because there's not they're not really they're more like they're finishing but, they're not rising but i think they, that could still happen and not tie into the title the rise of skywalker great mm -hmm. point yeah, it, yeah. If, if the rise of skywalker is not that but that happens get, sign me up yeah, yeah i don't know we'll we'll see i mean i just don't think like i'm not expecting somebody else to come over and win the fight for Ray, but that doesn't mean she can't win it without help. If that makes sense. Yeah. May I, may I please interject for one moment? I, the reason why I think that's a likelihood of happening was because, or is because that was going to happen in return of the Jedi. Obi-Wan and Yoda, right, were gonna, yeah. they were supposed to show up at the end of return of the Jedi and help them defeat the emperor. That's true. So that's why I think that's going to happen. And right, because I like, like you, I forgot which one said this, but I think she'll defeat the emperor physically. And then like, he'll come out and she'll, he'll, she'll just be like, crap. Like I'm, 
I can't defeat this guy. And then that's when, when the spirit of the Palpatine will be like, ah, and then Anakin and Obi-Wan Yoda and Luke Skywalker all show up. And that's the thing. That's why I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I see, but again, that seems so obvious to me too. Right. I mean, but it hasn't happened yet. And well, that's something that that I don't that, care if it's obvious. It'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I right. just want to see I, that. I just hope that's not the Rise of Skywalker meaning. That mm-hmm. I pray that's not it. And if that's not it, but it happens, sign me up 100%. And I think that, that and honestly, think about that. That would make sense. The, the ghost of the Skywalker is taking on the ghost of Palpatine once and for all, finishing it up. That would make sense. Yeah, I so. just think because this is now Ray's story, like she also has to have some contributing role in that. Her and or here, her and or Kylo Ren. We'll see. Or both. Um, or yeah, or both for sure. One um, thing's for sure. I just cannot wait to hear the dialogue that Palpatine's gonna spew out oh, <laughs> in the sequence yeah. talking to Ray. Yeah, definitely. Uh, gonna be great. Um, and that's probably gonna tie into the dark side Ray that we saw in the last teaser too, whether he turns her to the dark side or shows her a vision of herself in the dark side or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I just can't wait to see how all that plays out. And then, so that of course had me on edge, made me want to see more. And then I'm thinking, okay, you can kind of tell like when the music kind of reaches its peak and it like fades to black and you know, you're about to see the one last shot of the trailer. And I was like, okay, is it going to be one last thing that's going to send us through the roof? Are we going to see Palpatine's face? Are we going to see, uh, you know, one of the force ghosts or see something crazy that we weren't expecting? Um, but instead they decided to hit us right in the feels one last time instead, which I think was just a perfect way to end this trailer. And we just see a close up on Ray's face with the lightsaber ignited and you hear Luke say the force will be with you. And then Leia finish with always. Um, Brilliant man. Brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It really is. Yeah. Just perfect way to end it. Uh, Just get you right in those star Wars feels, um, you know, with the, the tandem of Luke and Leia there delivering the iconic line uh, over the shot of the hero from the new trilogy. So, um, Man, just perfect way to end what was pretty much just a perfect trailer. And like I said, going into this, I thought that it was going to give us a lot of stuff to speculate about and get excited about, which obviously we still did because we've been talking about this for like three and a half hours. Um, But it was a lot more emotional than I thought it was going to be. And I ended up being really glad that they went that route with it. Yeah, to be honest, I will say even now, the first teaser we got at Celebration, I think, is my favorite trailer out of the two. There just some there was something special about that. Getting the title, getting the real Palpatine was there, seeing some amazing visuals of the planets and environments we're gonna see for the first time. And what I liked about the, those two trailers we got, that and the D23 footage, we always got a surprise at the end of it. Like something that we weren't expecting that blew our minds, Palpatine and the dark side ray. And I was expecting that in this trailer. And when we didn't get it, I was like, oh, that's surprise. Like, I wasn't disappointed, but it was kind of something where that was cool, but not quite on the same level as the other two trailers. But watching it again and even just talking about it now with you guys, it's just, it really was perfect for what it had to do. I mean, it didn't need to sell us on the movie, obviously. It just mm-hmm. needed to get us more excited and hype, which every Star Wars trailer does. And the fact that it didn't have any of those big surprises and think about it. We didn't get 
any shots of the Knights of Ren, which I thought would be a given. And <laughs> some were all yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, see and too. I didn't and I didn't even miss it. Like exactly. I wasn't yeah. I exactly. wasn't disappointed yeah. by that just because I loved the stuff that we did get so much. Yeah, no Sith troopers either, and just barely a shot of Palpatine, and this trailer still delivered on doing what it was supposed to do. It just really selling of what I think how special this movie is gonna be. It looks incredible. The teases out we've got some big moments that are for sure gonna, you know, be some high points of the movie. Ray and Palpatine, Ray and Kylo destroying Vader's helmet, Ray and Kylo in the Death Star throne room, just giving us little glimpses of that. But then expanding on stuff we knew that was going to be in the movie. But this trailer is showing us just how big it's going to be like that space battle and all the Star Destroyers rising up and then the Resistance fleet coming. So, yeah, and then at the same time, too, making you remember the saga as a whole, like that line with 3PO. So it really was a great final trailer that we got. May not be big on the, you know, mouth dropping big surprise shocking moments that we weren't expecting but it didn't need to do that and the fact that there was so much missing from it just means that there's a lot of awesome stuff we're going to see in the theater for the first time Mm -hmm. too so yeah it was it was great there's not a lot you could do i think to really screw this up unless the movie's just really bad and and i and, and 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 listen Full disclosure, I liked the, the 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 TLJ trailer for you know the same the same kind of trailer for this, and I and I and I will say this right now, I don't think TLJ is a bad movie. It's it's not. And, and what I'm trying to get at is this: I don't Rise of Skywalker is showing to be, it's it's really really showing me it might deliver the goods and stick the landing. And I think that you guys all touched on it: the fact that they haven't shown us a lot of really cool visual eye candy that we could really like get hyped on. But I think what maybe Disney is kind of realized on these bigger properties, like a Marvel and a star Wars Endgame did not give us anything. Mm-hmm. The trailers did nothing and it saved everything. Didn't they didn't even show the Hulk, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, yeah, right. no, they didn't. It's, yeah. So, the Hulk reveal was a complete like I had no idea what how he was gonna move or anything, how he was gonna talk. You you assume, but you don't know for sure. And so, like with all that said, you have no idea how the Knights of Ren are gonna play into this, what the role is, what blah blah blah. So my point is this: is that there is so much we don't know what's going on, and that I cannot wait, and that's exciting. And I think that they they they're giving us all the things that we need to get excited about a Star Wars film without giving us the real real deep goods like like an Endgame. And I feel they're treating it like Endgame to a certain extent. I still think this trailer d- gave us more than the Endgame trailers did. Oh, but definitely. At the at the same time, it still didn't give us. It's not giving us a lot of the stuff that we we probably would have gotten in the past. I think, and. Like Ray, I think I, honestly, I think if it would say Endgame came out before Last Jedi, I don't think they have, they they market Last Jedi the, that trailer the same way as and as as they did th- that time. If that makes any sense? I really do think Endgame really showed them what they what they can show and what they can do because you can you're going to make a crap little money on that opening weekend, but it's saving the reveals and saving the surprises 
that word of mouth, that excitement, that's what ultimately will get people going back and getting that word of mouth and going back to multiple times showings in back into that theater. That's what drives, you know, the, that's what drove Endgame, obviously. And obviously being a great movie and delivering. So I kind of feel that's what they're going with. Obviously, obviously they show us lots of good stuff in this trailer, but there's so much they're holding back from we, that we know, and it's exciting. And the Knights of Ren and all that stuff, I cannot wait to see that in, in action. So, yeah, I, I can't wait. Yeah, same here. And I think there's going to be so much jam-packed into this movie, they didn't have time to show us everything in the trailer. Um, but also, I think, you know, with The Last Jedi, there were just so many questions going into it. And it's like, okay, we established the, the beginning of the, the trilogy with The Force Awakens, and now, but it left us with so many questions and so many things that we wanted to see going into The Last Jedi. And I think with The Rise of Skywalker, we still have a lot of those questions, obviously, but it's also the fact that it's an end of the trilogy and an end of the saga, and so there's a lot more of an emotional component to it, too, and a... Uh, uh, nostalgia and just sort of a reflection on the legacy of Star Wars as a whole. And that's what I kind of see this trailer as. It's like, it didn't need to give us all the big answers because it really just, I mean, for me personally, it just got me excited for Star Wars. When this trailer was over, my first thought wasn't even so much like, oh man, I can't wait to see this movie. Even though obviously I was very, like I, I had bought my tickets earlier that day. I'm very excited to see the movie, but it was just, I just went, man, I love Star Wars. Like, you know, and like I was talking about with the music and everything and just all the imagery and and um, the combination of like the new characters and the old characters, like it just brought tied everything together so well and just really is a good representation of what I love about Star Wars in general. And the fact that it's a trailer for a new movie that's coming out, it's just icing on the cake. Like, of course, I'm going to be there. Like you said, they don't really need to show us anything. We're still going to go see it. Um, but I think this is a fantastic trailer. Um, and had an awesome time talking about it with you guys, um, for, uh, you know, one of our trademark barn burner trailer episodes. So, um, but kind of sad. It's going to be the last one for a while too. Oh, I know. But I mean, well, at least we'll, we'll, we'll have Mandalorian yeah. and Clone Wars and yeah. stuff to talk about, but, um, yeah, there, there won't be any big trailers for upcoming movies like this for a while. So, um, but yeah, this one's been a lot of fun. Um, so before we wrap up here, uh, Tim, I know as always, we've got plenty, well, especially for this one, we've got plenty of, uh, listener responses and stuff from out on Twitter and stuff. So you want to go ahead and read those for us? Yeah, definitely. We're not the only ones who are excited about this trailer. So <laughs> I'll go ahead and share those responses. First, the Twitter responses, um, from Star Wars Junkie at Wars Junkie says, 3PO made me cry. I loved it. Cannot wait. Um, good thing the Mandalorian is soon to distract me. 3PO is going to save the day, though. Don't know how, but he will sacrifice himself or something. The last line Luke says, uh, or saying the Force will be with you, and Leia saying always makes me think that Rey is somehow a Skywalker, and that she is the one that rises. But I could be wrong. Or you could be right. <laughs> we'll mm -hmm. find out. And then Martin Elman at Darmit Studios says, R2 with a bunch of exclamation points. <laughs> He's been dying to see R2 in one of these trailers for a while, so glad he got at least one shot. But he goes, but C-3PO almost made me lose it. Leia saying always at the end pushed it over the edge. And then Chris McGuffin at The Curse of Chris says, exciting. Doesn't really tell us much, but it's a nice holdout until the film. And Rich Brockwell at Rich Brock says, it looks great. 
looks like Star Wars, smells like Star Wars. <laughs> I get the feeling quite a few shots were visions, though. And Derek Beebe at Derek J. Beebe says, looks amazing and a truly epic conclusion to the saga. And then Joshua at Kessel Runner 87 says, JJ clearly heard the complaints about the lack of space battles in The Force Awakens, but this one looks epic. After watching it a few more times, I don't even know if it is a space battle, but there were people running across a Star Destroyer with B-Wings flying overhead, so I am happy. And Paul Stewart at Mr. Peace2 says, best trailer of the Disney era, except maybe with the Chewie were home one. The appearance of the ghosts made me realize how much I miss Rebels. Chris Spark at CJ59Arc says, it's not giving much away, but I'm cool with that. Happy to wait until the film for all the big reveals. Alan L at Labo Chip says, looking at the trailers, I'm expecting a mix of nostalgia and holy Sith stuff, <laughs> <laughs> like charging across a Star Destroyer hole on Orbax. JJ may take less storytelling risks than Ryan, but the spectacle will be off the hook. I already bought tickets for Dolby Atmos, IMAX, and 3D. And then on Facebook, got a couple of responses there. First from James Hewings. Um, you should probably actually read this one, Kyle, but I don't know if you have it up, but <laughs> you'll find out why. He says, what if the person in the chair moving towards Ray is after the battle with Palps and we pan around to the front and hear Misa Bombat Sith, Misa Messi Mui Mui up. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I don't do as good as Jar Jar impression as you, but... <laughs> oh, well, we need to get Jason Hunt in here for the Jar Jar impression. Me's a bombad Sith! Yeah. <laughs> but he says, seriously, though, I think the thing Ray and Kylo attacking together on the Tansy 4, maybe, uh, looks like the Vader Shrine. Maybe Palps is using it to communicate. Also looks like the Ancient Throne is in the same place as Dark Ray from the last trailer. That's something I didn't think about. We were talking about that throne being in that iceberg um, and possibly being, you know, where Palpatine's residing or trying to get to. But what if that is a vision too, was where, you know, if it is a vision where we see dark Ray, cause I haven't watched that trailer since I saw this one, been watching this one nonstop to know for sure if it looks similar. But now that James mentioned it, I could kind of see that playing out where that might be the case. Yeah, no. And I thought of that, not necessarily with the shot of the throne, but like the shot at the end where you see Palpatine sort of moving towards Rey, I figured that might be kind of the same environment where we see that vision of her. Yeah, so I don't know, it could all be connected. <laughs> that throne room, that vision. So just can't wait to see it all fall into place. And then lastly on Facebook, Jason Morgan says, what the heck was the ghost doing in that one shot with all the resistant ships? Glad to see it is still in the fight. So, yeah, glad to see this trailer getting a lot of positive reaction from Star Wars fans, from those who follow us on Twitter and listen to the podcast. And just in general, for the most part, it was just great seeing the reaction for this trailer, both the excitement for it, but at the same time, people appreciating that they're not showing too much, just like we were saying, just enough to get you excited, but still saving all the big stuff for when we see the movie, which is going to be such an amazing experience. So... Yeah, glad to see you guys are pretty much on the same page as us. And as always, thank you for sharing your responses, your reactions, your theories, all that stuff that makes dissecting and going over this trailer on episodes like this so much fun. Yeah, definitely. Thank you uh, to all you guys who responded and shared your thoughts with us. And to those of you who even out on Twitter today were, you know, just sending us nice messages and like you were looking forward to hearing our reaction and stuff like that. Um, and it's always it's like days like this when trailers come out are so awesome because 
yeah. obviously there's so much sort of divisiveness in the Star Wars community. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate, but some of it is rightfully so. I mean, because not everybody's going to like everything. And But people love Star Wars so much that people just have very strong and divided opinions. And people love different things about it and dislike certain things and uh, love it for different reasons and whatever. But obviously some of that gets overwhelming or, you know, tiring sometimes. But um, then, you know, like last night, I mean, at least for me personally, I don't read everybody's tweets or, you know, whatever. But um I can't remember seeing a single negative thing about this. Um, and it just seemed like there was so much uh, just joy and excitement from Star Wars fans um, over this. And so hopefully that continues up until the movie releases. And then hopefully we get a really good movie that justifies all that and, uh, you know, just keeps those good feelings going. So, um, but again, thanks to uh, to all you guys for, for chiming in and following along with us on social media and stuff. Um, and if you want to uh, interact with us online, you can find us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. You can check out our website at starwarstsc.com and you can send us email at starwarstsc at gmail.com. Um, and also be sure to check out thunderquack.com for all the other great podcasts in the thunderquack, uh, podcast network. Um, I'm sure Mike and Matt over at rebel cells, I think they were also recording their reaction video from the, or, uh, podcast episode from the trailer tonight. So, um, you know, be sure to check them out too, if you want to hear some other people's takes on it and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, and uh, hope you enjoyed this awesome trailer as much as we did. Uh, but we will see you next time, and may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Godspeed, Rebels. <laughs> <laughs>